Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, this is Bill Fickner, and you're listening to Out Now. Stay tuned. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking about the fate of the furious. Yo, this is getting crazy. Ridiculous. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good evening. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics... Jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 281, 281. Pretty close to 282. I'm glad there's an 8 in the title, because this week's episode is The Fate (laughs) of the Furious, which made a whopping, (laughs) if I read this right, $523 million globally this weekend? 32. $532 million? Regardless. yeah. Yeah, that's... That's a lot of money for a, a global. A re- it's the new record for global releases. So uh, good on Dom and the gang on that one, I guess. They can <laughs> afford a lot more barbecues now. Let's just let's just go. But like, remember, like there is the third Fast and Furious movie, Tokyo Drift, one of the best ones. We'll get into that. That movie was like almost direct to video and like you know did nothing at the box office. Now the eighth <laughs> movie in the franchise is the biggest global grocer ever in its opening weekend. <laughs> That's, that's hey man, insane. those guys—they—they—they've come a long way. They've come a long way. Those guys can live large now. It's not Lavishly just about and... being fast. That's, that's what I'm hearing here. They're definitely living their life more than a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna get all to that in a more. But uh, joining this week to talk the fate of the furious, we have from the Young Folks and FanboyNation.com. We have uh, he's the he's the tiger you never want to step on. It's Jose Cordova. Finally, Jose has returned to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and from Why So Blue and Cult Cinema Cavalcade, he doesn't have friends. He has podcasts. It's Brandon Peters. Hey, I, I got nothing clever to switch. <laughs> <laughs> you can save it for you can save it for the commentary tomorrow. He's Spoilers. Got friends yeah. and <laughs> Spoilers. He's got friends and podcasts. Spoilers. I'm, saving it, this I'm saving it for the commentary tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, how are you doing this evening? Living at a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> good, doing good. Yeah. good. I have my Corona ready, you know, because I, I had to make up for <laughs> for Fast 8, but, so I'm ready. Yeah, they didn't have any Coronas in this, this, this installment. Not that we yeah. didn't. Yeah. They were going to. They were going to have some, but then uh, Vin Diesel got Dom uh, decided to sideswipe uh, Hobbs' Hummer. Yeah. Yeah, they make passing reference to Coronas, but they don't actually drink any. No. That's how big the feud. Soft, that's how big the feud was between Dwayne. Sorry, I, I remember this joke as I invited Jose Jose on. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 were having they were having too much of a beef between Vin Diesel and Wayne the D Silent the Rock Johnson. Um, so yeah, they didn't even have a chance to shoot the scene of them drinking Coronas together. So that, that must have been the must have been the problem. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Yeah. It's good. Well, as I was saying. Uh, it's good to have Jose back. It's been a minute since you've been on this podcast, but uh, it's been like two minutes. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been it's a been while. 120 seconds. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, no, good to have you here, Brandon. You're That's like a monthly staple given the commentaries, but it's always good to have you on these regular episodes as well. The people like me. They yeah. Ask. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but uh yeah we're gonna and i i brought you on here because i realized as i looked through our past fast and furious episodes you've been on like uh, most of our fast and furious related episodes <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i dig it you guys uh i i would credit uh you and your show with uh getting me into the series uh, yes at the time I know, yeah, but... it was a challenge i think you set a forth with me like i dare you to try these and i said okay I dare you and to now, try. And now I'm hooked. Yeah, you, you wrote a whole retrospective on the Naptown Nerd around the time Fast 6 was coming out. So I did. Look in the archives for that one. And uh, Jose, obviously, it's a new movie with Wayne the D. Asylum, The Rock Johnson, so you're on this podcast as always. I mean, that just makes sense. Of course. Of course. That's that's how it works. Yeah. But uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll get back into that with the uh, the, fa- the fa- eight of the i'm gonna have to keep saying it uh the fa- we have too many running jokes here between no, wait, we gotta call it function eight that's what we should do function eight function eight, function eight. Function eight. Function, <laughs> function eight of the i like that function eight it'll, of the it'll get you into your 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 bio system on your uh, pc function eight of the furious that that would uh what does that do on my keyboard it would uh skip to the next chapter on a blu-ray okay moving on <laughs> let's um <laughs> let's get into some show notes here guys uh first i've already spoiled this commentary we got a new commentary coming this week uh, presumably a couple days after you hear this recording, it is going to be for The Running Man, um, the which is actually, because we had like, released the weapon last month, it's also a 1987 action film. It's another uh, 20-year anniversary. 30-year, sorry, 30-year 30. anniversary. Yeah. We're getting old, guys. A 30-year anniversary. One of those, uh, those Schwarzenegger Ventura joints. Yeah, <laughs> yep, one of, one of three, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, right? We got that, Predator, and Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Trifecta. We're really... Uh... <laughs> trying to trying to hit the, start off that trilogy right there, guys. But there um, that should be written about somewhere. Yeah. I, w- I would read the hell out of that. I'm sure it is. I'm sure there's a shared universe fan fiction going on with that between Schwarzenegger and Ventura uh, that leads into their uh, government uh, duties as well. Uh, but anyway, yes, the Running Man, <laughs> yeah, the Running Man commentary. That's what we're going to be doing this week. Should be a lot of fun. You'll have we'll have some familiar voices on that show for sure. And yeah, uh, what else? Uh, speaking of upcoming episodes, the sixth annual Summer Movie Gamble is coming at the end of this month. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I know I've invited uh, you two, Jose and Brandon, to be on the, be a part of that show at least, if you, if you just even if you just uh, submit your entries. But yeah, that's that's going to have a lot of uh, out now favorites on that episode. That should be fun predicting the uh, the top ten highest grossing films of the summer. Um, and we're gonna. Try try to set things up there. Try to try to make some fun out of it this year. We've had yeah, a lot of fun. It. It's always fun. It's always fun. We're going to try yeah. to maybe maybe up the ante a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see how we figure things out. We're, we're in well, discussions. I thought, yeah. I thought it was fun how last time I think like half the people made the first podcast and then like the other half made the second, and it wasn't planned that way. It just worked out. Like, yeah, that yeah. Involved. It was really interesting. It's mostly because that first half was too ashamed of their picks and results last time, so they didn't want to come back on the podcast. <laughs> Except for Alan, right. who was dead last and still decided to join on. Like, you guys <laughs> edited the recording and changed all my picks around. It was really weird. We did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm really good at making at doing your voice. I'm really good it's at like, it's like I, number one for Brandon. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. Yeah, I I, I personally oh. had three million unregistered moviegoers go and see certain movies that Geek Cheer years were you know not in there. That's that's what I. That's did. what we did. Oh, we know, we yeah. know. That's how powerful we are. Mm-hmm. That's political humor. That's what that is. I was yeah. <laughs> really cut deep with that one, guys. Thanks, JFK. <laughs> All right, uh, what else? Uh, uh, episode three hundred. That's on the way. Obviously. Coming up. We're at two eighty one. Yeah. We're getting there. Keeping that in mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Happy birthdays go out to Yancey Burns, who was on last week's episode, as well as the Logan episode with, uh, with uh, Brandon, actually. But yeah, Yancey, uh, Yancey's had his birthday uh, to the day of this recording, so good good birthday to him. New new friend of the show. 
And Hope also, he's watching uh, some real movies to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably arguing with Peter as well. But also, a happy birthday goes out to uh, Aaron Fink, friend of the show, past and future guest, of course. Producer Aaron Fink. Producer Aaron Fink, yes. yes. PAF is I don't I know. If, I don't know if he's executive yet. <laughs> Producer's better than executive <laughs> producer, but okay. <laughs> I, I think he might be. Hey, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, let's go. see. What else? Uh, this episode is coming out uh, a couple days before the Newport Beach Film Festival gets started. So if you're in the SoCal area, feel free to uh, stop by the Newport Beach Film Festival. See uh, one of many films that they uh, that they certainly have uh, are they, in store are, for you. Are they, uh, what's the admission fee on that? It depends on the film. Uh, I think they're okay. gen- they're generally between like ten and fifteen dollars, uh, depending on what you're uh, going for. I know there's a couple shorts programs in particular hosted by or programmed and uh, being hosted by my uh, lovely girlfriend um, Anna, who is uh, going for the an- some of the animation shorts and some of the Irish shorts. So if you want to, you know, see short films or just feature films, either way, you know, Newport Beach Film Festival is happening uh, for the cool. next week, starting this coming Thursday. So there you go. Can't wait for the after party photos. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Uh, good to uh, pop us up in the old iTunes charts. If you want to log, log on to iTunes, search out now with Aaron and Abe. You can give us a star rating. That'd be cool. Give us a written review. That'd be even cooler. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of show notes. I think we got all those out of the way. So let's move on to know everybody. For each week, we try to ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. That was good. A good one. It's all right. I like that. It's all right. It's good. I, I felt good. It sounded good in the cans over here. Cans. <laughs> the cans. The cans. 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 Headphones. Come on, you gotta I get like... this, this podcast jargon down. <laughs> you can't catch up to Brandon in his fancy studio if you don't even know what cans are. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> Progressive or Campbell's? <laughs> I'm slumming it here. No. Yeah, step your game up. Abe. Yeah, and we should to know the streets. And we, we should we should know a thing about stepping it up. This is... <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> This is, this is out now there in an Abe, champion of the Step this Up franchise. This is the crew. Yeah. yeah, this is the crew. All right. Let's stop fuddling around here. I have a question for you guys. Okay. What color do you pick for your Lamborghini? <laughs> Not mm. neon orange. <laughs> uh, it'd, be, it'd be this beautiful matte black. That's what it would a be. A matte black? Yeah. Oh, matte, eh? Okay. Matte. Yeah. What, you, what you, got, you got a Hot Wheels leading the way on your Lamborghini? <laughs> hot Wheels leading the way. Um, I'm no, matte, matte black. I'm, you know, like black. the really nice... Beautiful uh, M A T T E finish. All right. There you go. Cool, cool, the the cool. matte the matte coloring just makes it makes me think of like a toy car when I see it. That's why I question it. It's like a okay. box. Yeah. Like I just. How about you guys? Lamborghini colors. What do you think? Let's do tan, just because they see it parked out and be like, <laughs> who's the a hole with the tan? Who gets tan? <laughs> just drive people nuts. But I'd still have a Lamborghini. You know. Nice. So. There you go. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going like a. Like a maroon, like a, like a wine, right. red. I like yeah. that. Classy, you know? Malaga. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. All right. You, Aaron? What would I choose? Yeah, what color? Oh, I'd get the same color scheme of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. Do you have, like, the extra wheel on the front, too? Obviously. There's tan in that. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I'm gonna Google that later. There's probably gonna be a version of it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some idiot that bought a Lamborghini that has that <laughs> color scheme on it. If you can buy a Lamborghini, you can afford to do whatever you want. Yeah, who's the idiot? Me or the guy, or the guy that got the yeah. Lambo? <laughs> yeah. Question for you guys. Yeah. Dom describes himself as a tiger in the movie. What animal do you guys think Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be in the movie? Abe. Like, how would he describe himself? Abe. 
Yeah. Wayne the Deer Silent the Rock Johnson. Wayne the Deer Silent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's like a three-year-old joke now. I'm just like, we, we, should, we need to bring that one back. We need to bring that one back. Guys. Oh, good old Django. Yeah. <laughs> um, what Ooh. animal would Dwayne would would Wayne do you sound the wrong? Yeah. Now, now you're joking on your own joke. <laughs> what what animal would he be? Um, what's like one with like a big fat neck but like still moves around a really giraffe? ably? No, dressed on a fat necks. Yeah. Long neck. Yeah. Huh, let's see. Yeah, you need like a, you need like Kong from Kong Skull Island. Oh yeah, I, I guess like yeah, like a sil- like a silverback gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a silverback. Oh, well, Mo- like... Moana, he turned into many animals. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, you know, he might say maybe some sort of Brahma bull. I, I would agree with that. What That's was it? In in the sixth one, somebody had him on the cell phone as Samoan something. I can't remember. Samoan Thor. Samoan, Samoan Thor. Thor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't an animal. It was Thor. I don't know why I don't watch. I don't watch the sixth one nearly enough. That one's way more fun than oh, I think I like I'm giving it credit. I do too. And yeah. I, I feel like I, in my mind, I'm like underrating it because of how good five is and how good Furious it's Seven is. <laughs> yeah, it's sandwiched between them, but it's it's status quo with them too. There's some cool driving driving sequences in six. Yeah. It's a lot of cool stuff. It's got one of the best villains, too. It does. Yeah. Yes. It does. And, they, and it has the sort of like bizarro team that yeah, yeah, the, Evans yeah, like the, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the the mustache version of the team. The mustache <laughs> version. The evil mustache versions. We'll get to this. We'll get to all this when, yeah, we, when we'll we talk about the movie. Um, but yeah, I think we. So what do we go? Silverback Gorilla or a bull? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, going, we're going Silverback Gorilla, the Brahma Bull, and Samoan Thor. Okay. The, the, the third animal, the Samoan <laughs> Thor. Got it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Mystical, mystical creature. All right. Well, good. <laughs> With that out of the way, that's how you play. No, everybody. All right. Let's move on now, guys. Let's get to Anna Quickies. Yep. Each looking out now. We'll be doing talk about those. That was pretty good this week. I went for it. I went for it. I had the fire in me. It was working. The Nas was on? The Nas. The NOS was on, exactly. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have. I watched Split, finally, and uh, it was okay. Oh, you hadn't seen I it? I mean, I think that James uh, James McAvoy does an excellent job uh, cycling through all those characters. Uh, and there's interesting premise that's set up, but um, it kind of fizzles out from here and there, and it, it feels a little long than what it needs to be. It's um, his longest movie. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I was surprised that it was like a, like almost a two-hour running time. Like, even The Last Airbender is shorter than that movie. <laughs> I've never seen that movie in its full length. It's just what do you think? What do you think of it? Because it's put, you know, it's like an epic action movie for kids. Essentially, you think that should probably be like you know two hours and change, but it's not. It's like an hour forty. It's like, huh? huh. Yeah, but uh, you know, split was okay. I think that there's some cool title sequence stuff uh, that they did, but I don't know how I feel about the ending just yet. So which which ending? The the, the ending credit the, or uh-huh. like the yeah mid mid credit stinger sequence. I, I recently watched it, too, and I had to rewind it to make sure I just saw what I saw. Yeah. I, I, I somehow managed to avoid that, knowing that. Same here. Like, I figure so. I would have ran into it somewhere, and I actually, you, know, you, you do, but you weren't thinking that's why they were talking about it, because the conversation as to what we're referring to comes up every time he makes a movie. Mm. Um, but I just I was like, what? Did that? Wait, what? Yeah. 
that, that's kind of how I felt, and I, then I, that's I, why I'm still like ambiguous on my feelings. I mean that 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 thing that you're talking about has no effect on my thoughts in the movie since it has really nothing to do with the rest of the movie. But right. I, I had more problems. Really doesn't. I yeah. my my issue came with the ending that came before that, which you know has to do everything with the movie and how I'm just not comfortable with the way it ended, which is why I ultimately didn't really like the movie. I think James McAvoy, as you said, is really good in it. It's certainly yeah. the reason to see it, but it just. Yeah, yeah, I know, there's like I know. some troubling topics of the movie as well. I mean, and those those topics are are slightly addressed, but not really. And <laughs> that's where I there's like, one well, big I don't, there's one I don't big know. one that just is like yeah, the, I well, figured this I mean, would there's... be resolved, and it's not resolved. And it's like okay, yeah, it's not resolved. I mean, maybe with like a look, but I'm not really sure. And there's also the like, some weird like pedophilia stuff in here, and it's really not my my jam. So not into yeah, pedophile like... stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I I could have swore. Um, it's okay. See, like, and Brandon, I, need, I know you just reviewed the Blu-ray on Why So Blue, yeah. but like, I, I was reading your review, and I was like, I could, I see where you're coming from, and I, it's the, it, that's like, that's enough for me to be like, well, yeah, I guess I would say like, people should see this and determine their own kind of thought on it, as I would say for any movie, really. I don't, say, mm -hmm. no, I don't say don't see this movie. That's not a thing I say, but it's like, n knowing the movie, I'm like, well, I ultimately didn't like it that much, so I can't really, yeah, it's hard for me to recommend it because I just, it's like, well, I don't know what I'm recommending beyond McAvoy being great in something, which is that's right. Nice to see. That and I, I had a lot of like technical enjoyment. Out oh yeah, of it for too. sure. It's like, the, like the cinematography and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there's actually some cool cinematography, yeah, especially like when Jack James McAvoy is like running through uh, the streets. Uh, yeah, it's like but... the, it's the the DP from It Follows in the cinematography, and it's like the oh, is that right? Yeah, and it's the oh. score from the guy that did True or the person that did True Detective. Yeah, that's that's what he was talking about when the movie's coming out. How he he handpicked these people because he saw those things, and like with that Bloomhouse yeah. model, it's it's neat to see him like have to use these kind of resources. Like I'm just gonna go find some like scrappy guys like this where I can get them to help work on my movie. So it's like, wait, yeah. I have a question. Was M Night in uh, in the the visit? What, did he cameo in the visit? Did he cameo in the visit? Hmm. I don't. I think I he had like he a, did. a voice. It might be thing. a voice. Thing, voice? Okay. Yes. Because like, oh, it was interesting to see him on screen again for for Split. The only one he wasn't it was there was one that they told him no you're it's, not gonna be it's not lady in the water I know that <laughs> nope. oh yeah <laughs> oh man oh no don't even get me started there but even if you even if you didn't like split it's not in the the realm of like the happening or last airbender or you know I don't know I didn't like after earth um <laughs> but I totally I, forget that that was directed by Emma like, Chumlin. Better than those. He does, yeah, he doesn't but... have a credit in the visit. Looking on IMDb right now, he has a credit in every. He, he has a credit in everything else except After Earth and yeah, I don't the think visit. He's in the visit, yeah. All right, but anyway, so that's what I, that's a, that's what I saw recently. Cool. Uh, Jose, what cool. have you seen recently? Um, I actually haven't been making it out to the theater very much, but I've watched a lot of TV. Um, I'm sure that's probably come up, but uh, the last thing that I really watched was I watched that uh, Thirteen Reasons on Netflix. Oh, Thirteen Reasons oh, yeah. Why. Yes, 13 Reasons Why, that's that's right. That's the full title, that's correct. Um, which I thought was actually um, um, pretty good. Uh, I originally watched it because uh, one of my best friends grew up in San Rafael, California, which is where they shot a lot of the show, some of the show in that area. Um, and then I just was captivated and ended up watching the whole thing in a couple of days on a weekend. Um, I think it's pretty good. It'd be interesting for me to see how sort of the... I don't know, the teenage audience takes this show because it's, you know, it's dealing with high school sort of in a way that I think doesn't usually um, seen in, in pop culture. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore, so I, I don't know if it would have the same impact on somebody in, in that age range. But I thought it was pretty good. Some good performances. 
good cast. Uh, I think it has some of those Netflix issues where it's a little too long. It drags a little bit in the middle. To be fair, uh, but overall, it is called 13 Reasons Why. There's 13 yeah, tapes. Yeah, so, yeah. so like, I, I get yeah, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get, yeah. It's based off a book. Yeah, right? So it's, yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. It'd be funny um, if it was called Seven Reasons Why. And they just like... That's an interesting point you bring up, Jose, about kind of like, like what, a, what a teenage audience that this show is, you know, going into like i what they would think it makes me wonder do teenage audiences do they binge watch stuff on netflix i don't know this for obvious reasons yeah. um so I, I i am curious what the kind of viewing habits for television for you know shows like you know because you think back in the day for something like i don't know buffy the buffy the vampire slayer where it's like you'd be watching right. that week to week you wouldn't even have netflix there'd be no way to do it except for watching it week to week to week so week to week. yeah it's like is that has the that... episode gets to have its own conversation That's exactly what i, yes. I kind of like about yeah, television as opposed to Netflix, but that's that's what I like about watching things slowly and <laughs> letting things marinate, mm-hmm. like uh, right, letting them breathe, like uh, like uh, Jose's uh, car color, like <laughs> Le- Le- Legion, like Legion that that works so much better being week to week than just cram. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know? I would say the same. Which about, I still haven't picked up yet. I, I mean, hmm. I mean, Mad Men I think is a great example of that because Mad, right, Mad yeah, Men, you could watch, but you know, it would go on to Netflix and people would binge. But it's like that seems like such that's such a layered and complicated show to be like i should watch all of this in the net like breaking bad i can get like breaking bad makes sense to me where you can like binge that and it's like i don't do it myself i watched it week to week because i have that kind of patience because i'm an adult but i mean um... (laughs) (laughs) take that teenage listeners no that's not just teenagers and you know it (laughs) i think uh i think it's interesting because sometimes i think sometimes things that are made sort of in a week to week are sort of more bingeable like i think breaking bad has that sort of propulsiveness where like as soon as you get to the end of an episode you just want to keep going right and um that show is also layered in in different ways than Mad Men. but uh, i think that one is a good one that's more bingeable but i was gonna actually say brandon that legion i found i think i watched the first i watched the pilot and then i kind of let i would let like two kind of group pop up on the dvr or whatever group up and then watch them sort of back to back um, and I don't know, something about that show, I think, because that show was also just kind of messing with you, or not necessarily with you, but with the format and things that it was doing, I found it yeah, well, sort I, of worked yeah, like, just to like, it, like, chunks. Yeah, I felt like each episode had, like, its, like, completely own identity. Like, with Legion, every week, yeah, I had no idea what I was getting, um, it was, and it left me in the air, and I was always happy with what happened. And then, like, every week, it would be just, like, starting from scratch, being like, okay, what's it going to be this week, you know? Like, one week, it was, like, a silent film for a bit, you know, and... Just, uh, just really interesting stuff. Which, like the Netflix shows, I have a hard time picking out like individual episodes. Like it's, it's more of like a one, yeah, like watching a long movie or something. Well, that's why, yeah. and that's why I mean, something like Stranger Things worked so effectively because it was only eight episodes. It really doesn't have too much downtime going on there. I mean, there's even then you mm-hmm. can argue it could have been shorter probably. But I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. the, I, it's really, it's, it's very interesting to see where we are right now as far as filmmakers using this format to tell a story because there's there has to be a clear consciousness that some people are going to watch this all the way through. And so how do you build a show where you know people are going to continue watching this episode after episode after episode? You have to take that consideration along with knowing that some people are going to watch one at a time like they're used to. So it's a, yep. that's an, that's a neat thing to analyze in the, you know, kind of years to come as we get more focused into digital media, especially when it comes to episodic television. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The other one that I, that I binged and I think works well that way recently was um, Big Little Lies. Cause that one really does feel sort of like one long, what, seven hour ish yeah, movie. Seven, yeah. I haven't picked it up yet. 
uh, up that one either yet. I was happy to watch I it think week that after one... week. Um, but <laughs> again, yeah. yeah. Anyway, what'd you think of it? Uh, Big Lows, I thought it was great. Um, amazing performances, right? From the yeah. the what is it four ish three four leads. Yeah, Witherspoon, um, Woodley, Kidman, and Dern. Yeah, yeah, I think Darren, not as much to do, but did a really good job with... I guess uh, Scar- are you thinking Skarsgård? I guess Skarsgård would be one of the... Uh... Yeah, I guess Skarsgård. Um, really, really solid performances from, from everybody. I think uh, one of the things that I heard was that it was, you know, sort of like a... Based on, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a airport novel type, you know, type source material. Mm-hmm. Sort of a... a but I think... I, I, I didn't read the novel. I thought they did a really good job sort of uh, having this overarching theme... To, to the whole series of uh, the relationship between women and how um, that how those relationships can shift and change and, and evolve and sort of what the the different roles that, that society has for women how women try to navigate that um, and you know I am not a woman and so I, th- I found that very illuminating and so oh, things oh, that are not okay very, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um, but it's just things that I think are, we don't normally see tackled. Um, in most pop culture, and even less so in sort of like the pr- prestige television f- genre, for lack of a better word, that sort of popped up the last, what, maybe five, ten years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I thought it was really, really good. Need to add that every episode, you know, obviously adapted from the book, but every episode is written by David E. Kelly, who, you know, is really prolific with, when it comes to television. David E. Kelly, David E. Kelly? Yes. Hmm. Like The Practice <laughs> and what Alan McBeal and Alan McBeal. Among, among other things. A lot of things. What was the movie that he wrote that was uh, kind of panned? Which movie? Um, it was hey. like Solar? Not Solar Babies. <laughs> no. Um, uh, Jose, it's it's not television, it's HBO. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that, you got me there. Um, wrote- and also like best, maybe best edited TV show ever. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna get to that. Well, Lake Placid, I guess is Lake the, Placid. Yeah. That's that's what it was. <laughs> but uh, it was every episode was written by David E. Kelly, and then it was all directed by Gene Mark Valley, who did um, Dallas Buyers Club and oh, okay. and the um, what's the one Reese Witherspoon? Um, the, uh, wild. The Wild. 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 Yeah. Which I like the I like the Wild more, but I think what he's proven is that he's very good at getting great performances out of his actors. I think he's a good. Yes. He seems to be a very good actors director. Um, yes. Shows through here. Yeah, not well. a bad performance on Big Little Lies. The uh, like uh, Adam Scott, um, great in like a smaller role, doing the sort of like darker take on a Adam Scott character. Be- being, very... a, being a huge fan of Adam Scott, it's neat to see just Adam Scott billboards around Hollywood when I'm driving around because he's on an HBO show. It's like, oh, good for him. Yeah, uh, Brandon, <laughs> how about you? What have, Hi. you? what have you seen recently? Hi. Uh, recently, um, uh. I'll be on the Netflix kick too, but uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Ooh. came back. Yeah, I'm very happy. I was a Kickstarter backer on that. Um, I will say the 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 first episode of it was it was fun, but it was like a, a bit rough. Mm. But they 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 get better at it as they go along because it's it's new people. So um, when you say they have the temp, yeah, huh? when you say a they bit, have the temp, when you say a bit rough, do you refer to like down to the the interstitial stuff between the the the, ri- the riffing when they're during the movie okay. is a bit. Um, they step on each other a bit. Uh, they and they, they seem to be tempted to make sure they comment on every possible thing in a frame. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talking through. Like just, Grant, you're watching it to hear them talk, but the, like there's barely movie movie sound. It just uh, and a lot of the jokes feel like they're 
you know, setting them up way before anything happens on the screen. Like it's, it's not supposed to be like that, but they get, I mean, by the second episode, it's immediately improved, but it feels like they're trying to cram and run through the first episode, which is the movie called Reptilicus. But I have noticed so far in my journey, <laughs> that title is terrific. Um, they do a great, uh, there's a great uh, bit where they do the, uh, a Reptilicus song based on Monster Mash, which was like an all immediate all-time moment okay. um, for the show. But I've noticed all the movies have been um, like Shout Factory and Kino Lorber titles. Uh-huh. And it's weird to watch them now because these old movies have been like restored and gone through like 2K transfers and look really nice when they're watching them as opposed to the original series, which was old like ratty VHS copies that they'd be watching. And now like there's these pristine, clear um, versions of cruddy movies they're watching, which is it, it just kind of t- it was weird to get used to. Um, but it's it's fun. Um, Jonah and the bots are great. It's it's a good time. Patton Oswalt's really funny too. Yeah, he's in the, in the kind of the the interstitial stuff, like the sci-fi thing that's going on. Yeah, around they, it. they have a they they <laughs> haven't forgotten the commercial breaks. They do little little uh, station identifications mm-hmm. every <laughs> once in a while, which Patton Patton takes care. Of. Like he's like he'll do a little like you know like when a local station used to like run a movie on TV and they give a little description of it between commercials or whatever. He does kind of that, and it's it's basically Patton Oswalt humor. During that point, I guess it helps because but... Netflix does sell their stuff overseas, so like it does probably actually play on TV like it regularly would in some places. Yeah, but no, it's it's really fun. I'm glad it's back, and you know, it, I hope uh, people are discovering or having fun with it, or the people who funded it help fund it are feeling they put their money to something good. Well, I look forward to checking it out. I am a big MSTK yeah, free fan, and it's uh. <laughs> It, that seems like one show that people aren't going to binge, but who knows? Maybe there'll be someone that sits through. Oh man, it, it's hard. Like there's thir- a lot of thirteen hour and a half movies that they can watch. Right, in a row. right, and it's hard to just sit and watch. Like, like we went. Uh, I went Thursday night at um, uh, Fathom Events. I went to Samurai Cop, which is Rip Tracks Live uh-huh. doing it. And I was going to stay up and watch, um, you know, Mr. Science Theater. Luckily, it was Pacific Time midnight that it was dropping because I was just like after Samurai Cop and. Laughing so hard, I was like, you know, what? I don't know if I can go sit through another riff again. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Would you recommend it for someone who sort of missed? I I, I missed. Yeah, jump MST. right in. It's it's a fresh it's a fresh start. I mean, you cool. can you can jump right in. Well, it helps that they have they're all on Netflix, aren't they? Like the previous ones. Oh, they they dropped. Uh, there's like 20 classic episodes yeah, on Netflix. So like you can, oh, okay. You could easily get the vibe by watching, you know, the ones that are held pretty high up, or just go straight there. And then I mean, I the jumped source. in catching it. I was between Comedy Central and Sci-Fi Channel when I was young, yeah. and I caught it on a local affiliate running it at like one in the morning one time, and fell in love. And then I noticed my video store; they had the movie, and I rented that. And then it came back on Sci-Fi Channel, and I was glued ever since. So I and I didn't start. I mean, it started. The original episodes are from like public access in Minnesota, so yeah, I do have. I'm a lot of those. Um, you can't buy them anywhere or anything, but there are people that have them. Um, but I mean, those aren't not very good. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you can find internet lists that have like the best episodes, yeah, the best ones, know, right? Like, yeah, and you can just cool. There's no. I mean, there's continuity if you want to like nudge, nudge, wink, wink continuity. But you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Like there you go. There's some there's some light story elements at the beginning and like kind of in the middle, but it's not the most essential hey. thing. No. Cool. Very cool. I have uh, seen a couple things that I'm going to make note of. Uh, the first up is the other release of the week, which is The Lost City of Z, 
Uh, this is the new film from mm. uh, James Gray, who previously did The Immigrant, um, among a few other things. We Own the Night from a long time ago. Uh, the Yards, one of uh, Wahlberg's first bigger movies. Mm. But this one has uh, Charlie Hunnam in what is easily his best cinematic performance yet, um, mainly because he's allowed to play a real character and not just kind of a amalgamation of gruff and gritty people or just the sad guy <laughs> in Crimson Peak. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's, he stars as a... Uh, a famed explorer, who, uh, Percy Fawcett, who went on uh, multiple trips into the Amazon in order to find what he believed was a lost city. And in doing so, he alienated his family, where, he, I mean, he has a family, he has a wife played by Sienna Miller, uh, who's also very good in this film. But almost somewhat, I mean, he's played a lot of, like, the worried wife at home roles. This almost seems like it's commenting on that fact, which I thought is kind of clever. But he, he he's basically, he goes on these journeys, he leaves his family behind to do, to do those, he gets into kind of intellectual fights with other kind of explorers and groups that are questioning his thoughts on the the uh, the tribe the, the people of this of this Amazon area being sm- uh, you know smart and capable in the same way that people from around where England and all that area is and challenging the idea of them being known as savages where it's like they're actually quite more cl- quite clever <laughs> um, uh, but there's a lot of uh, it's it's a very it's it's a good um, kind of biopic mixed of adventure story it's very well shot it looks great and again punham who's the, you know the central role in this movie he's really good he plays this kind of he, he plays up this it's not like an obsession of having to try to find this place but it's a neat kind of balance of what he's trying to do with his life as he's when he was doing this in real life he was like in his 30s he was trying to find you know some kind of direction and he kind of got a taken in by going down the Amazon River and trying to find, uh, you know, a lost city. Also in this movie is Robert Pattinson, who's also really good, who's almost unrecognizable. He has this big bushy beard, and he's great in this movie. <laughs> like, it, it, but it, I'm, he's he's really good here. That, that, it, that just made me laugh because it reminds me of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I know, like big, great, great, big bushy beard. <laughs> I say that on purpose. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, um, but he's really good in this movie, too, as this kind of, like, like Hunnam's sidekick. Like, that's – and he's – it's it's interesting to me to see like Stewart and Pattinson outside the Twilight films where they're like we keep making movies that are independence and like art house fair that we're really good in and you should really acknowledge us for that talent. But what was the movie that he had with uh, um, Guy Pierce? Oh, um, oh, it was like it was like a slow burner yeah. in Australia. Yeah, the guy it was from the guy that did Animal Kingdom. Anyway, but that, that was like another, another one where, one where he's, he's really was, playing uh, up was remarkable. It's like hey, he's a good he's a good actor. And he gets too much flack for this Twilight stuff. That's going to bug me if I don't think of it. <laughs> I'll look it up. The Rover. It. It's the Rover. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, no, he, I mean, he's really good in this movie. Tom Holland has a, has a small role in this movie as well. As a, Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man. But no, just, it's really it's really good. The more I've thought about it, the more I really like it. It's a bit long, and I would say the kind of the opening, before they like fight, they, before they get on the river for the first time, it feels like it took a bit to kind of get into the movie. But once it kind of gets going, it really gets going. It's really well done well staged uh, just a lot of great things a lot of great the kind of movie that looks like it's very difficult to make given the setting it's uh, it's really good strong recommend okay. i also speaking of netflix cool. uh, speaking of netflix i watched a couple things that are also on netflix uh, first is uh, <laughs> win it all um it's a new film from joe swanberg um which stars jake johnson who uh, co-wrote it with swanberg and so being a swanberg film much like drinking buddies it's a kind of it's like semi-improvisational um, it surrounds Jake Johnson as a a gambler. He's kind of a he's doesn't really have many. He kind of goes between jobs, and he has a problem with gambling. He's very clearly has been like in the program um, before like the movie starts, 
and there's a lot of like random people that pop up like uh, keegan michael keys in here uh joe vitrulio pops up uh, a lot of just random cast members and um he gets a a bag full of money <laughs> from what what i presume is like one of his like former bookies or something who's going to jail and he's just supposed to watch after this bag obviously something's going to happen with that and that's kind of where the movie goes and it's what i like is that it much like other movies where I've seen people with gambling problems, I get very stressed out watching it. It's probably why I don't want to go gambling ever, because I get too stressed out watching movies about people gambling. It's like, I don't need to do this myself. I'm already too stressed by this. And it's it's just a neat little character study. It's 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 a comedy, too, like, for the most part. Like, it's, it's it has its share of humor, but it's it's more of a character. It's more of a good character study with Jer- with uh, with Jake Johnson just doing a really good job here. I keep I keep liking him in movies. Like I like him on New Girl, but he's like he's very he's good in movie roles too. Like I look forward to seeing what else. Look forward to him in the Mummy, Abe. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait. Comedy can't, relief can't, in the Mummy. Can't wait for him in the Mummy. I don't know if he's comedy yeah. comedy relief. I just know he's in the Mummy. He could be a really dramatic that's role. True. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> hey, we we just we just knew he was in Jurassic World, and look how much money that movie made. Yeah, no, that's that was <laughs> a billion he, dollars. He was the reason. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, a Jake. That's uh, win it all. Uh, that's on that's on Netflix streaming. And uh, the other thing I watched on Netflix, I watched one so far. There's three episodes in total, but it's called Five Came Back. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Yes. This is a what's a really cool premise for a documentary where it talks about the uh, five acclaimed filmmakers, including like John Huston, William Wyler, and others that were you know that had a role in World War II, and then they made films about World War II, and it kind of goes over their history involving the war. As, and it has these big interviews with Steven Spielberg, Francois Coppola, and Guillermo del Toro, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, and just it, it just it's really cool to watch. It's narrated by Meryl Streep. Like they got a lot of great talent for this movie for this uh, documentary series. But it's three hour long episodes, and they just kind of go into what these uh, what these acclaimed directors from the you know 40s, 50s, 60s, what they kind of went through during the war and how their work reflected what happened. Um, so that's uh, as a as a person that really enjoys history and film history, I, I was very much looking forward to seeing this. And I've, again, I've only seen one so far, but I can't wait to watch the other two as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's on Netflix now also. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it, guys. That's uh, that's on our quickies. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's move into uh, let's move into some trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it, when it's coming out, what have you. And guys, we got a big one <laughs> this week. Um, <laughs> as many may know, um, that listen to a film podcast. Um, there was a Star Wars celebration this week, which is a yearly event that happens all over the world. It always changes places and um, it celebrates all things Star Wars. And because you're getting a Star Wars movie every year, it seems like a pretty good time to release new footage from upcoming Star Wars movies. And that was not the change here because we had the first trailer or teaser trailer for Star Wars colon The Last Jedi, um, Episode 8. Uh, the follow-up to Force Awakens. I don't know why I have to clarify that. Anyone listening to this knows. Oh, they're making about. another yeah, one. I know, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. What about that? Oh. Uh, this one's written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, it has all your favorites, all of others that we don't see in the teaser. <laughs> so let's uh, start with Brandon. Brandon, what did you think of the trailer for the Last Jedi? It's amazing how little this franchise can give me that gets me elated over the moon because um, it's. I mean, I love that this doesn't give me away much. It gives me a little bit. I love. Ray, like from far away on the side of the mountain, swinging the lightsaber, which I'm sure I'm one of many that loved that shot. Uh, they let you know, hey, Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8, all back. Oh, all my Ren's favorites. Here. <laughs> yep, Kylo Ren's there. Captain Phasma's in the distance. Luke speaks again in a trailer, but <laughs> not, but not uh, that person. Uh, they got the. I I don't get like you know some people have questioned like oh what what is. 
what does Luke mean by you know, the Jedi need to end? Why did he say that? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we will, the movie will tell us. Um, maybe maybe if you're paying attention to things, uh, they've been setting up uh, things like uh, Kylo Ren, not a Sith. Uh, Cheru uh, from Rogue One, not a Jedi. If you, if you watch the, the show Rebels, there's a lot of people who use the Force and aren't Jedi, aren't Sith. They're just saying maybe there shouldn't be just absolutes uh, with things. Maybe... There are, are things with the Jedi that are harmful. I don't know. Maybe that's the direction they're going. I, I don't have any inside information, but it just seemed to... What do you know, Brandon? I don't what know. are you it telling us? It just seemed to make sense to me. When, when, when I heard the dialogue from Luke in the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could see this. Yeah, this this is kind of, you know, Luke Luke sees something. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I'm, I'm freaking excited. It's probably, you know, top of the list of most anticipated movies of the year. Yeah, uh, they don't need to release another trailer, but I'm always happy to see more cool cut things and ryan johnson directing for some reason i just have co- like the confidence that this will just could top force awakens easily so just by him which you alone liked quite a bit and, he- I mean, and hearing you're a big fan of force how awakens. <laughs> how bold and weird his film apparently is this one and i'm like yes that's that's what i want so yeah uh, bring it on jose thoughts on the trailer yeah i mean i think it's a solid teaser um, I think there's some some cool images. I think the one that for some reason I found the most striking is uh, the not pod racers uh, flying through with those like red chemtrails. Mm-hmm. I just thought that looks really cool for whatever reason. Um, but I, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, what do we what do we want to call it? Third era in, in Star Wars uh, movies. Uh, I thought Force Awakens was awesome. I really enjoyed Rogue One. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this as well. I uh, I was not around for the first uh, few Star Wars when those came out, and so me sort of experiencing new Star Wars is only the prequels, which I thought were fine, um, especially because you know I was a kid when they came out. Just so. to just to keep things on the so we all know, so we're keeping track. Jose, not a woman, and wasn't around for the first Star Wars movies. Yes. So, so this is just, a so if you if you wanted to write a biography about me, you're getting lots of details. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think it's been sort of really fun because I, I never really counted myself as like a, a huge Star Wars guy. Like I would never said I'm a Star Wars guy. Um, but with The Force Awakens and Rogue One and sort of all the new um, media that's coming out, you know, with it, uh, Rebels has been fun. Uh, I think I've, I've really been enjoying it. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I think uh, the, the sort of like the new core characters of Rey, Finn, and Poe, I had so much fun with them, and I just want to hang out with them again, you know. And I want to see what what shenanigans Finn get Finn gets up to. Um, I thought he was really funny in the first one. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah, I was all right with it. I mean, uh, to no one's surprise, I mean, I, I'm excited to see the movie. I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson. Aaron and I were on the uh, the brick train, you know, way before everybody else. Um, and then I like the score of this too. I like to have the. It was kind of like a little bit more. Uh, I can't. It's just his like old xylophone. It's just his old score. Like, I mean, it's just, yeah. just John Williams. Sure, yeah. but I mean, it sounds it sounds cool with like the with what they did to it, and for the most part, uh, solid teaser trailer. I'm 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 with Brandon. Like, I don't need to see anything else to go see this. But um, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, yeah, there's not much I can add. I mean, the I think that the music really does do the heavy lifting here. I think that's the kind of thing that just it just lets you, it just gets you so excited just hearing the just some familiar melodies from the universe and just letting that just sink in as you're watching like hey here's new stuff in this universe i haven't seen before all right why would i not be excited by that um but yeah as far as the 
the Johnson element. That's that's you know that's the thing that I'm. In addition to the fact that it's a new Star Wars movie, and I will by default be seeing it, the fact that Ryan Johnson is writing and directing a Star Wars movie is a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good way to be like, oh, by the way, it's probably going to be amazing because this is happening. He's one of my favorite filmmakers working today, and the fact that he's gone from brick to this is like, wow, that's uh, that's something I uh, am really excited about. Um, I will be very curious just how. I'm not gonna say cinematic, but I feel like the you know looking at something like Rogue One, which I've I've, I've argued is the best shot Star Wars film. Um, I, I'm very curious what he's what he's going to be uh, pulling off of this one, where I feel because I feel like Force Awakens ended on what's maybe one of the least Star Warsy shots ever with that kind of helicopter circle around, and I'm, I'm curious if that that kind of style is going to be protruding more into this one, where you get a shot of like Ray, you know, training with a lightsaber with Luke walking in a distance, where it's like a silhouette. It's like that's this that, that seems like there could be some really interesting stuff here where the first time around with J.J. Abrams, it's like, okay, we, what I imagined it was going to be like pretty much came true where I had a lot of fun at The Force Awakens. I really like it. It's a movie I've watched several times at this point, just a lot. But it does feel like a quote-unquote safe way to make a Star Wars movie, which is, it's, I mean, it makes you feel like you're watching Star Wars, which is, you know, a good accomplishment right there. So now that they've kind of got that one, now that they have, like, proof of concept, I'll be curious just how far Disney's willing to go with, like, let's make some, take some new, you know, some kind of risks and radical choices here. And you have someone like Ryan Johnson who doesn't really play by traditional rules necessarily. I'll be curious to see how far that goes into this upcoming episode, I guess. But, uh, well, that first that first shot of the trailer uh-huh. kind of let me know. Like, that doesn't look like any, like with Ray's hand and zooming up real close. That yeah. Just the framing and everything of that shot made me just, that's not something J.J. would do. So it's immediately announcing, like, hey, we're going to break from this and, and you know. Let Ryan do his thing. It's neat, to, it's neat to look at something like that where you see, like, obviously Star Wars fans that are less, you know, kind of cinematically inclined as far as film history or just kind of b- basic shot structure goes. Like, they can look at this and be like, hey, it's new Star Wars, great. And, you know, we can look at this and be looking at kind of w- what the aesthetic's going to be. And that, that is something I'm very curious about because, like, I, I have no doubt I'll be entertained by just the fact that it's a new Star Wars film. But on, like, a filmmaker level, I'm very curious what this one, how, you know, this one kind of upsets the balance, so to speak, as far as Star Wars films go. Well, yeah, because JJ's aesthetic is always someone else's aesthetic. Like usually, that's kind of his mm-hmm. cup of tea that you get. And he's very good at doing that. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, that's why you get him. He's it's a, it's talent. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying he's like a ripoff artist. I'm saying he's very talented. If you tell him a look, he will grab it times ten. I don't <laughs> that's know. That's accurate. But yeah, well, uh, we we have some time to see how this one plays out because the Last Jedi arrives in theaters December fifteenth. So that's a that's a movie to look forward to. <laughs> All right. There's so little. Go see it. I mean, what else am I going to say about you Star do, Wars? They might make more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the uh, yeah. Let's okay, guys. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for the fate of the sorry function eight. Function eight of Thank the you. Furious. Dominic Toretto just went rogue. You're gonna turn your back on family. I know it looks bad. Don't give up on him so easy. You've only got one chance to make this family whole again. Don't do this, Dom. You ready? One thing I can guarantee, no one's ready for this. She's the very definition of high-tech terrorism. There's thousands of cars in this city, and now they're all mine. I know what it feels like to be every cop ever chasing us. Wait, wait, wait! Ah! 
Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Function 8 of The Furious. It's been 16 years, and we are still getting Fast and the Furious movies. This is this eighth entry finds the franchise in new territory as it is the first of a reported final three films and takes a whole new turn. As far as the story goes, Dom is forced to turn his back on family due to a mysterious new villain, Cypher, played by Charlie Theron. This means seeing the rest of the group track down Dom and try to figure things out. More complications arise when Kurt Russell's Mr. Nobody brings Jason Statham's Deckard Shaw on as a new ally for the team. It does not sit well for Hobbs, Wayne to be silent with The Rock Johnson, played... But they'll have to get along and participate in a variety of crazy car-related stunts in order to catch up with Dom. As usual, though, it ain't all about being fast. Uh, fast 8 um, is directed by F. Gary Gray. He steps in as the director this time around. Obviously, the series is moving on without Paul Walker, who unfortunately died a few years back. Um, but this is uh, kind of you know the, where we're headed with the franchise now. So with all that said, Brandon, can we, uh, where, where are you on this franchise, and what did you think of this film? I'm a big fan. I will, I'm... As you probably know from listening on this podcast, listeners, but uh, I'm someone who I'll defend Too Fast, Too Furious for what it is, even. I, I like Tokyo Drift more than apparently people who make lists do. I th- This run from five on has been uh, fabulous. It's been some of the best action movies, most fun soap opera serialization in, in movies I, I just love that it knows how silly it is. It's not afraid to up the silliness, and you can just relax and have a good time at the movies. Um, that's where I am at with the franchise, I guess. I, what... I very much enjoy So my thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with it. I, I don't know where... I think Fast and Furious, it is very funny, has got these, like... The critic critics have been like loved it and or it's the worst one. It's it's not the worst one. I I don't think at all, and not even close. And it's funny that I think it's gotten such good um, critical and audience enjoyment over the years that there's some sort of like prestige standard which these movies don't really have. They're just having fun at the movies, and I think some people got lost up in that when like judging this new one because it feels just like the other ones and it's you know ramping up action taking things to a new level there's some really impressive stuff that they didn't show in the trailers like there's this uh the new york sequences i don't yeah i don't want to get in spoiler territory because a lot of it wasn't in there but that new york stuff was like kind of breathtaking and like edge of your seat stuff and not because of our heroes being in peril just the events going on were like oh wow uh the submarine thing that's in the trailer is awesome uh, there, there's just good action bits. There's good Fast and Furious soap opera. Uh, Scott Eastwood kind of sucks, but it helps that everybody makes fun of him. <laughs> yeah, he's. Ugh. There's some good surprises. Uh, there, I was a little worried at, at first that you know the the Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto turning bad, and then us seeing him a bit much with the bad guys, but it, it worked to a degree. I some part of me wonders if they were like making this movie to see if maybe The Rock could carry this franchise and it could leave Vin Diesel in the dust a bit, just kind of testing the waters. Um, they probably could. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I-, I had it fun like I did with, you know, 5, 6, and 7 with this one. Um, where I would place it, maybe at the bottom of those, but that's not a bad thing of this last run. I think it's still fine. Charlize Theron's a good villain. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had fun. Well, we'll get we'll get back to you. We'll see we'll see more thoughts on this, but let's get to Jose. All right. Jose, 
you're a fan of this franchise, I believe, right? Definitely. Where were you? Where you? Yeah. Where were you at with this one? Um, I think for me, this one ends up maybe, oh, maybe somewhere in the middle of the the entire series. Um, but I I had fun with it. I, I think it's impossible to not have fun with these movies for the most part, especially since five. Um, I think this one has a couple of really really good uh, set pieces. The one that uh, Brandon referenced, definitely, and then one involving a plane uh, that I just think is is fantastic. And we can definitely, if we could went into spoilers, I would talk about how much I love that. Um, and there's some couple of good twists uh, that I didn't really anticipate that I thought were pulled off pretty well. I have some qualms with uh, some of the logic about some of the new people on on the team, sort of. Uh, but I think, you know, the nature of the franchise is you could just kind of hand wave some of that stuff away. Um, but I, th- I think for me, it's sort of on par with seven, which I enjoy, but wasn't a huge fan of the sort of the last um, action scene there when they're in, uh, I believe it's L.A. at the end of that yeah, movie they're where they're supposed yeah, to they're be at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I, there's parts of it that I like, but I wasn't a huge uh, fan of the whole thing. I don't think the ending of that one is as memorable as the end of uh, either five or um six vault chase and endless uh, runway yes exactly <laughs> um and i think this one the the final action set piece sort of suffers from a little bit of that but overall i think the entire movie has a lot of fun i think i basically agree with you about scott eastwood he's sort of like there but everybody makes fun of him so that kind of is the purpose that he serves uh which which i thought was interesting um they definitely give the rock some more time and i'm not gonna really complain about that i think statham is really good in this movie oh yeah um I think he's he's great. They're sort of like, uh, if anybody wanted another Transporter movie with Jason Statham, there's some of that in here. Uh, and overall, I think Charlize, I wish they had given her more to do, um, but she gives some really, really good crazy eye, and she does her best with some of the, the dialogue. Uh, and overall, I uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Abe, where were you at here? Yeah, uh, with the franchise, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think that uh, I, I was a fan of Tokyo Drift, and then 4 was not that good, and five kind of turned right around and so far they've, they've kind of been uh they've been entertaining they've been they've been good and to what brandon was saying that so you know some of them actually have been <laughs> received pretty well by critics and some of them have been panned uh which is interesting but in any case with the fate of the furious uh this is some silly ass shit man like this is like and like not in a good way like i didn't like this movie that much like i typically don't really slump in my chair that much but i was like slumping i was like face palming I was, like, shaking my head. I mean, on all this because the script is, like, fucking terrible. Um, it's, like, it's got, like, terrible one-liners, and at least it feels like all the characters have fallen into their tropes. And look, look, I mean, like, I went along with, like, Fast Five, Fast Furious 6, Furious 7, but, uh, like, as ridiculous as those three movies were, and they were very ridiculous, like, at least I got a sense that there were some personal stakes which uh, makes, you know, it, it makes more of a, of a story relevant, uh, even though, sure, yeah, like, they're flying out of planes and whatever else, but still, it's like, oh, it's about, like, Brian, or it's about uh, uh, Dom, or it's about whatever the case, Wouldn't you right? say, but, given what Vin Diesel's going through, this is probably some of the most personal stakes? <laughs> we'll get there, but, uh, <laughs> perhaps, but uh, it, it feels like it was kind of shoehorned, not really shoehorned, but it feels like it was not well-established, but in any case, that that's... We'll get back to that. We'll circle back. But, um, you know, aside from, like, the terrorist played by Charlize Theron, who, you know, flies on this plane that seemingly never has to refuel, uh, like, her motivations seem kind of weak. And, 
I just didn't really think that her her crew was all that cool. Like, like they all like looks cool, but comparison to like the Owen bro- or the Shaw brothers, um, and how their network kind of uh, is, it's like, oh well, you know, this character is is kind of like a a weak character. So it feels like this is kind of a, a stepping stone toward other future movies. And you know, they they still continue to do unbelievable superhero stuff in this movie. And I was kind of getting to that in the last one, in number seven, where it's like it seems like they're the only people that can take down. Like elite terrorists or whatever the case, but um, you know it is what it is. Uh, on top of this, I didn't think the action was that exciting. You know, there's nothing, there's no really cool driving sequences, um, and there's like some some decent hand to hand combat with Jason Statham. Like, and I definitely agree with uh, Jose. That's like I don't even know why Jason Statham was doing those expendable movies because this guy still has like a lot of hop in his step. So, no, let me see here. Uh, in his defense, he was doing expendable movies and other movies at the same time. Like that's was... true. That's true. But I mean, I think that he's also probably the the one of the more interesting characters in the expendable movies. He's well. the one that gets uh, it. That's why I like Statham in those. But he's, he's yeah. like, he seemed like he got the movie he was in the most of that of the. Right. Besides, not, like even Stallone. Maybe Jean Clyde. <laughs> But well, well, he was the guy in the movie still getting work. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's he, he, yeah. He wasn't taking these movies as a kind of live or die. Like this, this needs to be my thing, or else I'm, I'm done right. for. Like I don't know, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, you're like, still making movies. Mickey yeah. Rourke. But uh, you know, I mentioned the driving sequences. You know, there, there's no real cool ideas. I thought in this movie there was the the tunnel, or I'm sorry, there was uh, the bank vault in five. Then you know the cool tunnel thing in six, uh, parachuting in seven, and this one. I agree with you guys that there's not a whole. I mean, I didn't really find that New York sequence all that interesting, and um, there's also. Uh, I found, found Toretto versus his entire team interesting. I mean, like, that was I like, haven't seen that uh, before. Uh, one car takes on multiple cars with grappling hooks. Well, I, well, I mean, if if you remember what the what the this, the line was, it's like oh, that car's probably got a thousand horsepower. Make that two thousand. Make that three. It's like okay, well, let's just keep going to like five thousand horsepower then. Like everyone should just say a line. But um, in any case, uh, as far as acting goes, everyone's doing their thing. Look, you know, it's pretty obvious that everyone is loving their gig. They love the paycheck and whatever else. But it's clear that Shelly Theron, like, she is running circles around Vin Diesel in the sequences that they have together. And I'm glad that her character kind of has an arc to it because there's interesting things that might be coming there. But I don't really think that that was well established. For me, there was a lot of laughable, head-shaking, cringeworthy moments in the movie like from the opening in Cuba to the submarine at the end there. And, you know, I, I kind of thought this was like a poor attempt to make a stronger campaigns in the previous movies. So, um, Brandon, I think you described it as like maybe like the lowest out of like from starting from five. And I would agree with you there. But, um, yeah, for me, it's kind of just like not a very good movie. I didn't really enjoy myself with this. I, you know, I there's actually a lot that I agree with you on. I, I think it's more enjoyable than you're making it out to be, but I I, I do I see where you're coming from because uh, I also I wasn't a big fan of what Theron was doing in this movie. She's a good actress, so she's like by default fine. But as far as a a new villain for this franchise, I mean it's it's something new as far as like now we have a crazed hacker that does all like that's yeah. Despite the fact that I've seen lots of hackers in other movies, I haven't technically seen one in these movies yet. So I mean that's a new idea but it's the kind of you know when you look at like she was furiosa and she drove cars like a crazy person and this movie she's just staring at screens and like furiously hacking against another hacker it's something it's like okay well yeah. maybe an action scene would have been nice for the person who became a great action star in mad max um but i mean like so like her stuff is like whatever and yeah giving her a lot to do around vin diesel who's not the best when it comes to like you know tough dramatic scenes 
it really shows. Let me ask you something, Dom. What's the best thing in your life? Family. No, it's not. Not if you're being honest. It's the 10 seconds between start and finish when you're not thinking about anything. No family, no obligations, just you. Being free. I gotta tell you, this whole saving the world Robin Hood nonsense you've been doing recently, it's not you. Be who you are. Why live only a quarter mile at a time when you can live your whole life that way? I can credit the movie for giving a pretty good reason why Dom has to go against his family. Like, I, I was very curious what it would turn out to be. And the movie does a really good job of justifying what he's doing. I, I credit it there. Um, I, I think it does a good job with that. And it just, yeah, sto I mean, for the rest of it, as far as the story goes, I'm not too, I mean, there's only so much I can be concerned about with these kind of stories. Um, but I, I will say my biggest issue comes from the role of Jason Statham, who I think is terrific in the movie as far as yeah. I'm having fun watching Jason Statham do stuff with people, especially The Rock, if they can just trade one-liners against each other. I'm happy about that. That's fun. And just seeing Jason Statham do, like, parkour moves <laughs> a lot of them um that's that's fun to see and if he's gonna if they're gonna make a big hard-boiled joke at the end with him then i'm down with that right as well. thank you for noticing but that. my my issue is that this series has really relied heavily on its continuity it's it's really gone backwards and forwards to make sure that like the han being in tokyo drift thing makes sense so they have to align the timelines just right and this movie really cuts down on that because Jason Statham murdered Han like in, the, in the previous movies. Yep. He, he killed Han. He, he killed yep. Han. He killed their most likable friend. And he spent a good chunk of the last movie trying to kill all of them. And right. this movie's just like, oh, you know, he's, he's on our team now. Like, he'll just be kind of angry about it. But, like, it, it just... I, I can see... I can see where, you know, people coming in just to see an action movie, they're going to get that. And I think they'll largely be satisfied. When a movie makes $532 million in its opening weekend worldwide, I'm pretty right. sure people were pretty happy with the action that they saw in this movie. But as a Fast and Furious fan, I mean, it's it's one thing to, like, see, like, random little things involving the continuity, like, not make sense. You get retconned or whatever. But this is a movie that's really strived to make the, the family bond thing a big part of the franchise. And the fact that it just doesn't mention Han at all really bugged me like i was kind of like you know as a, as a fan of this movie i feel like i should be i mean you get you get plenty of respect towards brian obviously like of course why, yeah, sure. why not <laughs> like there's no like there's yeah. barely a passing reference made to the fact that I'm, it's it's just little stuff like that that kind of irked me now as far as like seeing a big dumb action movie goes there's a lot of big dumb action in this movie and i'm all happy with that i mean i think that subsequence i think is pretty it's obviously ridiculous and it follows the kind of Bigger. But it knows it. They play the music up with the sub too, which was they great. They do. I, I, the movie. This this is certainly a series that knows exactly what it's doing, and it does it without winking at you, which I appreciate very much because it could very much. It's very it. You have to walk a fine line to teeter on self parody, and this this series has somehow managed to do that quite well, which is impressive given that we're in the eighth movie. Um, so there there's a lot of wild action that just is be like I've. I said on Twitter, I've called like the, you know, if the previous one was a superhero movie, this is like a Matrix sequel at this point, as far as the the kind of rule, the rule <laughs> bending they're doing to make to make stuff work. Yeah. But it's all really well constructed. I would say there's there's maybe less of a directorial stamp 
for Fleur F. Gray Gray than there was of James Wan. I feel I I wouldn't necessarily say that I could immediately identify this as a, uh, the last one is a James Wan movie if I had nothing you know to go on besides just watching the movie and no like credits or anything. But there was some like little tricks here and there. Gary, F. Gary Gray, who I otherwise like, I think he's a, a very competent director. I mean, he obviously he did Straight Outta Compton, which led him to this movie, Straight but something like The Negotiator yeah. or even Friday, um, just you know, random movies, set it off, like random movies here or there. He's he's a competent director, and like here, he certainly fits well with this universe. Like it certainly it it looks like a Fast and Furious movie. It it, it, it has the same kind of feel and whatnot. It's long. <laughs> it it it, yeah. it feels long too. I think, yeah. I think there's a big stretch in the middle that just kind of seems like it's going on but i think that's largely my main point is that it's the the you know the, i was talking about the family bond that seems like it's dissipated a bit i mean the kind of taking vin diesel out of the equation not having key members of the cast anymore uh, i'm all for tyrese jokes and ludicrous jokes and what have you but there's only so far that can go i mean the, the, the yeah. rock's good and all like he's he's fun but i mean it's the rock and jason statham doing a lot of the jokes and they're not part of the original family <laughs> I mean, they're like they're the t- they're some of the newer guys and yeah, Scott Eastwood sucks. I mean, that's I mean that that's that goes without saying. I don't even know why he's really here. I mean, you have a perfectly good white guy still in Tokyo that they could bring into the cast, but I don't know why. Why, why can't we just he's still, have he's Kurt... still in high school? Yeah, <laughs> we can't just have Kurt Russell joining in on the action, right? I mean, come yeah. On. yeah, Kurt Russell's a ball too. Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, put Helen Mirren in a car. Yeah, give them both leather jackets. They, they have to, they have time for the next movies, guys. They they Red Three. <laughs> No, no, no! Stop that! Don't don't even talk about that. No, with, uh, with the next fast, they can bring bring her back into more degree. But yeah, I mean, I do like I like this movie. I think it's fun. It does rank lower than the previous fast movies that I've been seeing, but I had a lot of fun watching it. A lot of stupid fun watching it. I laughed a lot. I I think they. I mean, Abe, you're talking about the 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 opening scene, not liking that that much. I thought the opening scene was brilliant. That was like a highlight of the movie, as far as that's everything mm-hmm. that this franchise is. Like it's a big, the race, a big, race, a big, race, a big yeah. crazy yeah, race like sequence the, with Vin yeah, Diesel big. all racing with high stakes of cars. Right, I, and that's exactly the. Premise. I like that this is the second movie this year that ends with Vin Diesel doing something for the good of people and a bunch of children cheering around him. Like that's, that's well, <laughs> I just like I just yeah, I mean like as goof like it is goofy, and I tried to get into the to the hat of like hey Abe just enjoy it for its goofiness but I just couldn't get past like some of the ridiculous things that they were doing it still has that same like I was watching some of Fast Five the other day and it's the same kind of logic where after they do crazy things it feels like they should be not stopped talking about those crazy things like, like there's yeah. like that scene in Fast Five where they jump where they drive off the cliff after he like saves Brian from yes! the, it seems like the second he <laughs> sees Jordana Brewster when he sees Mia back at the Paul Walker should be all like Mia, you'll never guess what happened. We're fine, by the way. But Do- just, Dom yeah, drove up on the side of a train car. I jumped on right. it. Then it was exploding behind us, so he drove off a cliff. It was insane. Like, he should not, uh, like, uh, you uh. wouldn't not stop talking about that. Same thing here. Like, Tyree shouldn't be like, oh, trying to get myself. He should be like, guys, did you see that submarine come behind us? And when you did that thing with the torpedo, like, it's... <laughs> they should be celebrating how amazing they are at just saving the world. Apparently, See, if it was that self uh, self referential, I would be like, "Whoa, this is like this is really funny." But it's well, I mean, not. it'd be like it should be like the scene at the end of uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol where Tom Cruise is talking to Vin. <laughs> yeah, Ray, exactly. Like, oh, and then you and you said mission accomplished. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. They should be talking that all the time. But it's not. Uh, Aaron, you you're talking about how the family part, and you know, I. <laughs> I uh, I don't even think about that because that's a that's a good, interesting thing that you brought up, which is like, hey, you know, it's um, I didn't like how they didn't bring Han into or or even mention Giselle, right? It's like, yeah, I didn't think about that, but at the same time, like, it would have been nice because they mentioned Brian at least like three times, 
Brian's uh, all and over even this movie. Say, <laughs> There's even the part where Tyrese is like, yo, Brian would know what to do in this situation. And then Letty's like, let's not bring him into this. And which is like, oh, that's that's a cool well, nod. Like, we, promised, we promised that we wouldn't. Like, yeah, it, yeah it, we it, promised that we wouldn't. And sure, granted, in this in the cinematic universe, Brian, the character, is, is alive and well living in, like, Brazil or whatever. But it's like, yeah, well, why didn't they be like, you know what, guys? Here's to Han or something like that. And Giselle at the end. You know, that would have been nice. Well, I think the big thing is that nobody, I mean... People bring up their issues with uh, Jason Statham's character, but nobody's like, he killed Han. Like, nobody, like, one person, right. please say that, right? Like, come it's on. It, like, Vin yeah, Diesel's... There's no, there's no, like, fist fights against... Vin Diesel's uh, anger... Stacey. Vin Diesel's anger... Sorry, uh... Joy- <laughs> Wayne the Diesel with the Rock Johnson's anger <laughs> against Statham. Go it, go it, it seems more like he's just mad that like I fought he, he fought me once. It's not about the fact that he yeah. murdered like yeah. he murdered a hospital <laughs> and, and like and he, he, he like infiltrated my work and almost killed my work associates. It's like mm-hmm. no, he beat me up one time and put me in the hospital, and so my daughter made fun of me. So to I, be fair, uh, Hobbs only went on one adventure with Han, so maybe they just didn't. Yeah, they didn't have that connection just, yet. Like the yes. rest of the crew, they're just kind of like when he first walks in, he's like, "We're not working with this guy." And then the next scene's like, "You know what?" They start off, they're like, "We're not working with this guy." And the next scene's like, "Well, it looks like I found out where we're supposed to go." And he's like, "All right, I guess we're gonna go out yeah. with this guy." Like it just like, they don't and, care. Yeah, they, they try to give him some backstory too. Like, oh, you were like a captain with like silver silver medals. Like, yeah, but no, they I... were that was known before though. They they mentioned yeah, that stuff. Yeah, they try to like make it cool with like, but you know, Aaron, to your credit, you know, the whole entire point of like. Hey, this is all family. Anyway, there's there's other characters from the previous movies that are in this movie that show up later, and even those guys get shoutouts, right? So I was wondering, like, why didn't uh, Han and Giselle, you know? So interesting. It's a, like I'm clearly I'm not really discounting the I don't I don't care about the logic of this movie as far as its action goes. I I'm so right. willing to accept what they're doing as far as the, the, the you know grander spectacle that goes on here especially if it's going to give me the you know the, the what i want which is them going to space in the 10th movie to fulfill the prophecy right um but well, my question my question I along have... with this alongside the statham thing where we're all cool to have him um be part of the team now is a, a character in this movie that was in his position of the last movie how how are they going to join the team in the next movie how's that going to be acceptable because that seems to be the trend you need to have Mr. Nobody there to, to negotiate something again. Apparently, yeah. That's the only reason why it can work out. Um, yeah. You know, I want to make a quick comment about uh, uh, Scott uh, Eastwood. I, I agree with you guys that, yeah, he's not very good in this movie. And the, the, the movie even makes a point, like, in one action sequence, for an extended action sequence, he's actually not even in there, even though he's in one of the cars, which they, they don't cut him ever. He doesn't have to say anything. And so that's... Uh, it's, taken, it's taken out, though. That's why he's... That's why. No, the, oh, no, are you the, talking the, to the, the, okay. the, the yeah. other oh. the other big action sequence? <laughs> In another oh. action sequence, it's just like they don't even cut to him at all, and I was like, good, because you know he's got some some interesting things to do as like this this rookie cop kind of thing. But still, well, it's a, it's I like weird, that because you know they had to write the screenplay. You know, I assume they had probably some sketch work of what they wanted to do before Paul Walker died. Um, and yeah. then so it just it kind of feels like this is an obvious like we need to fill a gap here. But at the same time, it's That's like, right. what's this character really doing besides getting made fun of and acting as exposition machine when Kurt Russell's not a, not around? And obviously, Kurt Russell makes a hell of a lot better Kurt exposition machine than Scott Eastwood does. So it's like, yeah, even even though Scar, uh, Kurt Russell kind of just shows up ma- magically and just like gives exposition. You know, I uh, I can't remember who was making the point. I think it was either I think it was Brandon, but you know how uh, if they could carry on the franchise with The Rock instead of, uh, or, or I'm sorry, yeah, with The Rock. Yeah, 
instead of Vin. And, you know, it kind of made me wonder while I was watching this. I was like, I wonder if they're trying to, to pull, like, the whole entire, like, we'll put Scott Eastwood in as Brian's replacement to see well, how that's that exactly works out. That's exactly what he is. Like, I mean, that's... I don't, I don't think that's working it's out. It's not working yeah, out, but that's, that's, like, that's the whole they're Just get Lucas... Yeah, Lucas what... Black? Who did Lucas Black piss off in the... Diesel not like him. He's he's apparently supposed that, to be like, in the next ones, so I mean he'll he'll be coming back hear, in some yeah. form. But he was also said he was supposed to be in this one, so I don't know. Uh, okay, but, we're yeah, sorry, I mean, Lucas. I, I, we tried Scott. He didn't work. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah just just bring in Lucas Black. He's got more of a connection, and then you could bring uh you can read the whole entire like Tokyo yeah, part bring, back. Bring bring Bow Wow. Bow Wow. Well, I mean that Chad, guy. Chad is Moss. Like, uh, no, he he's, <laughs> he's doing Grammy awards now and uh, counting too early. That's what he's doing. You mentioned like the hand-to-hand combat and stuff. I I thought that, as far as like non-car related action goes, I thought it's mostly it's fine, but it's a bit shaky and a bit too close. There's a lot of uh, let's take a ten steps back and shoot this fight scene from a different angle kind of thing that I was hoping for. For but uh, it just kind of follows a regular action trend when it's not just <laughs> CG car and Sandy and what have you. I like that they've yeah. fully made The Rock a cartoon in this one. Like he's like cartoon strong. <laughs> yeah, he takes just... on rubber rubber bullets like someone just like flicked a paper wad yeah. at him. Yeah, which has been to, it's, to just... his credit. That's been The Rock. I mean, that's what he's been all along. Like he's never not been normal yeah. in this franchise. <laughs> just... And he's and he's still I, I sweaty. Realize... He's still very sweaty in this movie. He really is sweaty. <laughs> there, was a, there was a time or one point in the movie where I thought he was going to be sweaty. He was talking to somebody in like a in an, a uh, in an office setting, and uh, nope, like the back of his head's all sweaty. It's like these guys took really, really uh, a lot of notes here to make him uh, look sweaty in every scene. Yeah. They uh, like you were mentioning Jose about the the airplane sequence. It, it, it delivered me a movie I didn't realize I, I I really wanted to see. That some somewhere there could have been a whole movie. Revolving around that sequence that you were highlighting with—that's the spinoff you want. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, like, like it's like some something that never like you know the you know the rock the rock did Tooth Fairy, Vin Diesel did um, uh, the pacifier, Pacify. and this would mm-hmm. this would have been someone else's, and it, it's like oh man, it's funny because I specifically <laughs> stated how it's like I'm very I'm, I'm it, it's neat to know that. He somehow avoided doing that kind of movie, and here we are with a whole dedicated sequence to basically what that kind of movie would be. <laughs> so it's right. like how it they, would look. Jason Statham was just like like ten ten. Like he could have been like how that guy did not become a mega star like box office powerhouse. Why like his he made movies that made money, but they weren't like huge. But right. like he was just coming at the tail end of the like action hero trend. He could have been like the like the British Bruce Willis. Like it's really. What he could have been, but it just—he was just a, too late. What's, what's amazing? Uh, I agree amazing. that he could—he like he—he he could have been a superstar, but he's a bona fide action star. And then when you see him in Spy, and he's like also hilarious. Yeah, no, that's like, what I mean. Dude, this got... guy is. Yeah, this give this guy more chances. He, I mean, he's always Jason Statham, but he knows how to play Jason Statham in so many different ways. It's, it's what's great. amazing is that he's yeah. a pretty you know. Everyone knows who Jason Statham is, and yet his movies don't make nearly as much money as some of the, you know, the hate people in the heydays of these action movies really did. <laughs> like it, that just shows right, that yeah. just shows how audiences shifted as far as cinematic experiences go. I mean, exactly, yeah. Like he was, he was just like he, he was just off. He was just a little too late. And and, and at that time too, like the, both The Rock and Vin Diesel were like stepping away from it and doing other things uh, from the action for like a, like a four or five year period that kind of like 
kill off Dua. Well, the Rock specifically. The Rock was like, he did the rundown, then just like did not do action for a long time. He did like rundown, rock, walking tall, and then went like be cool. Yeah, and... he went. He went the other route. He went comedy for a yeah. while and like more family. And then, like, family. To his credit, yeah. it worked and... out because everyone likes The Rock, and now yeah. he's the biggest. He's the biggest paid man in show business, who's also doing lots of action right. movies. So it's like he, well, and, he took his time. And Vin, <laughs> Vin Diesel too. He did the you know he went the pacifier, find me guilty. He was. Doing lesser stuff, like they were supposed to be like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, like the next the, ones. The difference and then... with Diesel, though, is people don't seem to really care much outside of his Fast and Furious movies. No, right? No, they, they don't. Well, would you say that they that they care for his Pitch, Pitch Black series? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no one wanted to see Chronicles of Riddick, and it flopped. And then he basically <laughs> he basically sell. I mean, Riddick is is a really cheap movie that was partially self-funded i mean so it's it's yeah. like and and it also didn't make much it made enough for being a cheap movie but it's not like it was breaking down any doors it's not like it's not like that came yeah. out a couple years after chronicles of riddick it came out what like nearly 10 years after chronicles of riddick yeah it came out a while right while, or a while yeah. later i mean and every and yeah. name me those other ones that he's been doing that have been breaking the bank <laughs> can't i can't even think of anything the only close is triple x which he made more like fast and furious which is why it worked world worldwide. Here, it did not do anything. Worldwide, it made a ton of money. Don't yeah. worry. Everybody will change their mind when Babylon B.C. comes out. <laughs> the prequel. Babylon B.C. <laughs> I mean, he did, what was it, The Last Witch Hunter? Yeah. That was oh, know, yeah. box office gold. <laughs> Wasn't that with uh, Elijah Wood? Well, that was like a big test to see if he was really going to be, like, if he was, if it was people only wanted to see him in Fast or not, and then that movie just... Well, here, like, I mean, because it came out the same year as Furious 7, so everyone that, you know, the billion yeah, and five yeah. worth of people that saw Furious 7 saw the trailer for The Last Witch Hunter, and guess what they didn't go and see that October? The Last Witch Hunter. I'd rather go <laughs> trick-or-treating myself. Any other thoughts on what's going on with this movie, with the rest of the cast, perhaps? Um, I think... Well, I was just going to say, I think Han and Giselle are missed, for sure. I think we need to find, we need to identify maybe somebody else in, in these movies who can carry, or, or that you can like in a way that isn't, you know, The Rock, somebody you can sort of uh, have a little a bit of an emotional attachment to. I think, like you were saying, uh, you know, Ludacris can Ludacris and Tyrese can Tyrese, but there, there's not like a deep attachment i have to to really either yeah, one it, of those characters it doesn't give them anything to do dramatically like it just lets them be a yeah part of it, a thing. it doesn't like, and you could i mean you could say what you about like maybe like the oceans movie or something but like those there's actually the characters actually have things to do more more or less mm-hmm. uh, there's probably mm-hmm. better ensemble cast movies i can think of but i mean there's there yeah there you know there hasn't been a movie that's focused on anything but the kind of what Dom or Brian have been up to. I mean, there's no like, oh, let's we need we need to get Roman out of trouble. We better uh, we better do this. Or Tej is, well, has a lot of lost grandfather that used to be the Godfather of hacking or something. <laughs> like we need to. <laughs> when are we gonna get um, Ava Mendez and Cole Hauser back? That could uh, you yeah. know they could put Cole Ty- Hauser. <laughs> Roman could be. Remember Roman? Yeah. Like he's like I'm gonna get you. And they only put him in prison. They didn't kill I'm him. Tell, yeah, telling you fast. But fast, Latino Cole Hauser needs to Fast come back. Nine can can really bring back some villains, guys. That's that's like. Well, would Latino Cole Hauser have to quit his job protecting the president? No, wait, never mind. He died. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah that's he was right. one of the casualties. He's he's the one that actually says the name of the yeah, movie. Oh, this is falling. <laughs> and then he gets shot in the face. But, and he got shot in the face in that die that crappy Die Hard movie. Did he get? Did yeah, he get he, face in that movie. But he was like, yeah, it was like in the movie for like, it was like, and starring oh, Cole Hauser. It's like, oh, Cole Hauser's in this. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. The, uh, a good day to die. The, oh, good a good day. Yeah. Not, not live free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. A good day to die hard. 
Jai Courtney. That's what they yeah, needed to add or... to the Fast and Furious franchise. Jai you Courtney. bite your tongue in a non-speaking nope. role. <laughs> we no. already got Scott Eastwood. We don't, okay. We got Scott Eastwood already. Has Scott Eastwood been good in anything? Like I've only, I think I've only seen him in the Texas Chainsaw three three D, and he was god awful. I can't. I think, I think he's made like romantic comedies and also like straight to straight to. Uh, he's DVD done a Nicholas Sparks movie. He's done Fury. Um, he was in Snowden. He was in I don't Fury. even think his. I don't even think his dad wants to see him in movies. He probably cast the chair first. <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah, he popped, like, I've, I've seen him in probably, like, five movies, and I could not tell you a thing about who this person is. I saw him on Conan the other day. I'm like, why are you popular? Like, what'd you do? Like, I don't, I don't understand. He looks like his dad. That's why. That's Does why, he? But... Oh, he looks kind of like a, a poor man's Chris Evans. That's what yeah, he looks I guess like. That's the vibe I get, because there's no personality. Mm-hmm. It's just blank slate, which I guess makes him perfect for being the little nobody, as he's referred to in the cast. But, I mean, this. All right, that's enough ragging on Scott Eastwood. Um, hey, 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 I bring him back for nine opening death. Opening really death. Mr. Nobody <laughs> gets everybody there. Yeah. He tries to do it. Dom did in he, this one, but it then explodes. who else are Tej and Roman gonna bag on in the movie? The br- they have nothing else to do. That's when you bring in um, Lucas Black. Luke yeah. Black. Lucas Black. Yeah, <laughs> like he's more fun, but he's also easy to make fun of. I mean, look at yeah. he's more fun. He yeah. knows how to drift because Scott Eastwood is driving that WRX. Uh, no, he wasn't driving him. He was driving that uh, uh, Subaru or Scion, whichever model you prefer. And yeah, uh, he didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, he didn't know what to do with it. So, yeah, of course, Lucas Black would know how to drift in that. Yeah, and then Tej and Roman can make fun of how he's, you know, 22, but he looks 40. So, I mean, yeah, Lucas yeah. Black does look a lot we older than him. I think I saw him in an episode of, like, CSI or whatever. And it's like, he doesn't look like he could be in high school. We didn't anymore. get back to this, Abe. We were t- we were trying we were gonna talk about Vin Diesel a bit more and his motivations in this movie. Did what, did you have an issue with what he was doing or? Well, I thought that the the, the elements that they brought into the the script were like, well, this is very casual how you're bringing this in, and it feels very uh, cheap in a way. So that's that's all I felt. I would about say it. that the yeah. result of that is cheap as far as we don't upset where things go from here based off of what character is going to be around next time. I love around. that we have to use so many pronouns, <laughs> but we have to. <laughs> Well, what about you? What about you guys? Did you guys like the, the? Did you guys buy into the reasoning of what the, why things were going down the way they were? Yeah, uh, it was. I was like, "What is it that's gonna make him?" I was like, "Okay, that that works." I it, yeah, it, I, and, and it made it made. Oh my gosh, it did go back and make uh, a couple lines uh, from Michelle Rodriguez early in the movie uh, go make me want to groan. Like, oh, seriously, <laughs> we didn't need to. But uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it works. I think it makes sense when you consider sort of the you know the the main themes that the oh, movie yeah. likes to likes to bring up. So it totally makes sense for me. I think uh, in terms of like uh, sort of reveals or twists, I thought that one totally made sense. Um, and then I really enjoyed, without getting too specific, uh, the final sequence involving the plane. There's a there's sort of a buddy action thing there that I realized that I want in my life that i didn't realize i needed before this yeah year, so. i mean i have a i have a joke about that when we're done i, I, thought would be funny, but... I cannot wait but I, I i liked those guys on the screen you know that in that place yes sequence. together i didn't know i needed that or but, that but i wanted, earlier yeah. there's a problem that i had with the script which is like earlier somebody's just like uh you know one of these people was like locked away in like a super secret site we don't know where it is it's like come on guys like what the fuck is going on here but again if you're if you're going with it, then you're going with it. And somebody's gonna be in two billion dollar movies two months in a row. It's pretty cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. All right. 
We need to move on. Uh, but where where should people go and see the Function Eight of the Furious? Start with uh, start with Brandon. Theater. I mean, this is. I mean, in it's modern day when people don't get to theaters that much. I really think you should go for the big escapism that is larger than life, has incredible sound, and just you know wows you on screen because it's not something you can get in normal everyday life, and it just big loud. Yeah, this is what. So what you put your money down for? And I think it's fun enough as well. If you like these movies, why aren't you going to this one? That's, yeah. Jose? Yeah, I agree. And uh, try try to find like a decent, I don't know, Friday night, Saturday night crowd. I think these are always you know more enjoyable with a a crowd is gonna like hoot and holler and clap. Yeah, and stuff. people clap at these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a Netflix movie for me. Um, as a as a fan of the franchise, I can't help but think that there's some weird things to forget about when watching this movie, but at the same time, I still had a big, dumb, fun time with this, and so, yeah, I would definitely say see it in a theater. I mean, it's, it's the kind of movie you go to see in a big theater to get all that full experience with. Um, but yeah, that's uh, The Fate of the Furious. Let's move on now, guys. Let's uh, let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why? Audible, you ask? Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. You can select a book to download for free. You can check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get to get rid of it, but you can keep that book that you downloaded for free for free. So be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash podcast. Okay, guys. Let's move on to Outnow Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. We asked you guys, the listeners, our wonderful listeners, a number of questions, and you gave us answers. Wonderful. The best. The best. Then, crazily <laughs> enough, we were like, you should ask us questions, and guess what? You did, so we're going to answer those too. Um, but first up, we're going to get to your question, the questions we asked. So, what's your favorite film about a hero going rogue? And, of course, Jose and Brandon, feel free to chime in when you want to. Uh, Matthew writes, Rogue One. Yeah, ah. uh, Jay writes Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol yeah. which I believe the tagline was go rogue in that movie if I'm not mistaken I, I think, think it was so. on all the posters yeah. it's, it's another like on the nose thing from Jay and uh, let's see uh, Justin writes Mad Max Fury Road any going rogue movies you like that Sarah Palin movie that's a good movie <laughs> the game, was it a game change it was an HBO movie it's a, it's yeah. a game change uh, game, yeah game change License to Kill I was thinking that too not Probably not my favorite going about going rogue, though. But still, it's, uh, yeah, that's you know, <laughs> that's one of the three where Bond um, goes rogue. That's pick, for sure. Pick a Mission Impossible. Yeah, there, yeah he's really going to rogue in every yeah, single it's... one of those, pretty much. <laughs> I think two is the only one where he doesn't go rogue. Two is the only one that's right, like by the, on, on the mission. It's the only one that's by the books because Anthony Hopkins there is like yeah. It's the only, yeah, yeah, Anthony Hopkins told me. You know, you don't just. I mean, Larry Fishburne, sure, you could probably go against him, but Anthony Hopkins, I don't know. You're cool with Lawrence that you call him Larry. Yeah, me and Larry go way back. Right. He used to be credited as Larry Fishburne. Yeah. That's true. On the river. <laughs> On the river. In your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Uh, next question we asked everybody: What's the craziest action sequence uh, that you've seen? Justin writes Saving Private Ryan when they land on the beach, and Chris writes Ditto. My jaw was on the ground watching that scene. I feel like this question just came out at the wrong time because I was expecting a lot more fun answers, um, but I will throw in there both crank films as a whole. As yeah. a whole, yes. both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's you know, it's older, but one that sticks out for me from like my youth or whatever that I was just like, this is the most ridiculous extra scene as uh, Predator when they just go to town on that village. Yeah, 
I was like, oh, holy yeah? crap. Yes. Yeah, so much explosions, just guns going, bombs going. It's, it's just insanity. That's the best expendable movie right there. throwing knives. Yeah. The best expendable movie is the first half of Predator. There yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, uh, thing that jumped in my head is uh, the the raid. First time I watched the raid, I was like, oh, "Whoa, yeah. raid, what yeah. is going on?" Yeah, uh, I'd also throw in like almost any John Woo movie. I mean, Aaron, you talked about uh, Hard Boiled, uh-huh. and there's like, I mean, there's there's a lot of great scenes where just Chow Yun Fat takes on a slew of enemies with like two handguns, and he gets away. So, I mean, any John Woo movie, crazy action sequences. Young Fat and Tony Long, and I mean they're just Tony Long too. Yeah, he's great. They're super young. Killing, yeah. Yeah. People talk about Infernal Affairs. Hard Boiled is doing a lot of the same things as that movie was, (laughs) and it came out like earlier. It came out out, like six, seven years earlier. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say we're in a good uh, spot for action, whereas like in the OOS, it kind of, you know, it was more so superhero, but like we've kind of like found our footing where we're getting consistently like wowing action movies with like, you know, the raid, um, you know, fast five, few John wick movies. It feels like we're really getting back to people who want to push pure action I mean, on yeah. the big screen more. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I don't think I, it went, I, I don't think it went away, I mean, I but I think like, innovation getting better. Yeah. Cause I can think of like the transporter movies, which are more throwbacks of anything. And I guess right. like the matrix sequels, stick out and i guess cranks actually too come to think of it so basically statham was pulling was holding the weight statham was yeah he's on the train <laughs> statham, like, I mean, he got, was holding got, it down and michael and Mike, a, a bug with like the you know born supremacy and people trying to oh, you yeah know, that's yeah too the, the board from that the born trilogy i mean that's a that's a great yeah. faction franchise right there yeah, yeah. but and, but a lot of action movies started like wanting to be green grass when it's it's yeah. tough to be grass. he's very it is tough to be green grass. I, I, um, I had to rely on uh, michael bay with bad boys too before it yeah. got sucked into sci-fi. I still haven't seen that in full. It's a long movie. I can understand. Um, <laughs> the ballad of Bad Boys 2. Let's move on. What's your favorite film about enemies teaming up for an even greater goal? Jay writes every single X-Men movie. All of them. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> I, I can just hear him saying that. All of them. That makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Justin writes Tango and Cash. Sure. <laughs> Uh, favorite uh, uh, teaming up enemy and enemies and they, they fight. <laughs> I like uh, that. Well, I, does Assault on Precinct 13 count? Yeah. Yeah, of course it counts. Yeah. Cop and Outlaw together? Yeah. It's a good one. I like that. Uh, 310 to Yuma? Uh, at the end? I see what you're saying. I. <laughs> They're not. It's more yeah. of like they're at odds with each other all the way, and he's just reluctantly having to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, there's no real greater goal in that except for making you yourself look cool in front of your son. By the way, I watched the because I I, both, both, I like both three ten to us a lot, mm-hmm. and I bought I watched the the original a little like a few months back, and it's just a great like kind of psychological film. I, I watched the uh, because when Logan was coming out, I wanted to watch the uh, James James Mangold's three ten to again. That movie's so good. I, I really love that movie a lot. Like it's I Ben Foster, Ben Foster, such an asshole in that movie. All of them are great in that movie. Though. I mean, yeah. like both, both. I mean, you can think of Bale's like best performances, but I don't think many people are going to throw in Three Ten to Yuma. But I think he's absolutely terrific. <laughs> I always in that throw movie. in Rescue Done. I, that's the one I I do shout is my favorite Bale performance. But I think he's he's really good in Three Ten to Yuma. Like just the because he plays a loser. Like that's that's his role in the movie. He plays yeah, such a loser in that movie. It's, I was like, like, yeah, he's got that limp and anyway. And it seems like Russell Crowe, that's like the last time he was really cool in a movie. Like I, like Russell Crowe just seems like He was cool. He was great in the the, the other guys. He's great the nice guys. 
Yeah, but he's great. But, but would, you, would you say he's cool in that movie? Like he's he's good in that movie, but he's just like yeah. fat and slobby in that movie. But like, yeah, I would say he's like yeah. you know you, like you don't look at him and be like look at look at Russell Crowe's big body standing against right, that right. that doorway. He looks like a really cool guy. But I, I, I was saying like man, those lapels on his jacket are awesome. Oh yeah, he's dressed to the nines. I'm not giving I'm not taking that away. <laughs> All right, next question we ask everybody, what villain has the worst look, hair or otherwise? Uh, Jason has Poison Ivy as the definition of worst look in everything. <laughs> Jay, uh, Jay writes, Anton Chigurh's hair is uh, par- particularly abysmal. Uh, Manisha has Apocalypse from X-Men. Ap- uh, and why bury Oscar Isaac's face? Justin has uh, Mugatu in Zoolander. A good one. And lastly, Matt has the twins from the Matrix Reloaded, which is a good, pretty good answer what? too. Yeah, they got like the braids, and they're like, you know, given that uh, it fits with whatever the hell Charlize Theron's hair is doing in Fate the Furious. Yeah, I, I, that's a good. It's a good. It's, it's a good callback. It's here. certainly un, a, yeah. unique. I don't think I was taking away that it's a unique look, like because I do. I like the idea of the twins for sure. But yeah, if I saw them, I'd be like, ugh, like what are we doing that day? <laughs> I like that. I like the way you said, ugh. ugh. <laughs> This is, this is very apt. Um, what about new Rita Repulsa? I was digging it. Okay. All right. The gold. Yeah. I mean, compared to old Rita Repulsa, as far as the look goes, like giant headpiece. and <laughs> She lived on the moon, though. You know, it was like her oxygen. <laughs> I, That's, okay. yeah. <laughs> I can't speak for, Judge, or for uh, Lord Zed, though. I was going to say <laughs> Judge Dredd. All right. Next one. What's been the craziest setting you've seen for a car chase or a car race? Jay writes, the empty streets of London for Furious 6. London was only ever that empty in 28 days later. <laughs> uh, J- Just- Justin writes, would have to be the Mad Max movies. And Chris writes, Speed Racer. With the Rainbow Road. I'd say Speed Racer for that desert chase. That'd be my, uh, the desert race. Be the one I go craziest for. car chase? I mean, you, we brought up the setting. Bourne series craziest, earlier. Craziest setting you've seen for a car chase. Setting. Yeah, but I mean, like you're driving like this Mini Cooper through like the city streets of like what is it Germany or something like that? And yeah, and he's going downstairs. And yeah, stuff. going downstairs and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, those two buildings in Dubai are. Pretty, <laughs> 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 that's a pretty crazy setting. Driving uh, out of three yeah, buildings. I mean, it's three story. buildings yeah, in yeah. Dubai. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was three. three. That's right. 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 Sure Which uh, one? I was gonna say apparently they really did that jump like in a warehouse or not a warehouse sorry in like the Atlanta Convention Center but and then they CGI the rest around it which is cool I, I wish it was you know you can't really tell in the movie because you know they they CGI everything around it but I think it's cool to think that some stunt guy somewhere did that jump and uh, last question we asked everybody with the well publicized feud going on between Vin Diesel and D Wayne Wayne the D is silent of the Rock Johnson. What actors would you like to see face off on film? Manish has, I mean, the Lord Dern Reese Witherspoon rivalry and Big Little Lies was wonderful. True. Uh, Jay writes a four-way Baldwin brother brawl, which is, uh, that's, a, that's a mouthful that's right a there. Must. That's a must right there. Yeah. Justin has David Duchovny playing Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> playing himself versus Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and lastly, Jason has, I'd like to see The Rock take on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Justin has a pretty funny answer there, but uh, hmm, that's a good question there. Uh, feuds being on. Screen. I want a Sam Worthington, Scott Eastwood, charisma black hole off. <laughs> Can Jai Courtney jump in with him? 
<laughs> I'd like to see uh, this. This, this, would, this would require a time warp, but I'd like to see Gary Oldman's Winston Churchill versus Meryl Streep's Margaret Thatcher. I think that'd be whoa. That's um, that'd be like crazy Oscar winning. Andy with Mark Wahlberg, like Mark Wahlberg face off against anybody. I'd I'd see that. Like a like that monkey from the Hangover movie. I mean, yeah, you know that. He's got... <laughs> That's the first thing I can think he's, he's of. Got, yeah, he's got beef with everybody in Hollywood. That's why I'd love to see him. And there's the classic, you know, Dylan McDermott and uh, Dermot Moroney. Finally put those names on a poster <laughs> together. Julia Roberts wouldn't know who to marry as her best friend. <laughs> yeah. That's a... That one's always necessary. Well, you know what we need? We need, uh, we need celebrity death match back on TV. That's what we need. When did that go off the air? Like 2001? I don't care. Maybe earlier. Well, it but, came back, yeah. too, and it, I don't recall it being good. Um, <laughs> Jason Statham versus Jeffrey Tambor. Is that too much? The bald guys? Is that, <laughs> they're, they're, both, they're both really threatening. <laughs> don't underestimate Tambor. I won't. Yeah. He's, been in, he's been in prison oh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah, he's been in prison with the twin brother. <laughs> and, and with the accountant. Remember, that was a subplot in the accountant? Let's throw that Jeffrey Tambor totally in this right. movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> What they could do with uh, Arrested Development season five. All right, next. Now we now we get to your guys' questions. We got just one question today. This one's from Jason. He asks, "What is your favorite movie about family?" Uh, first one that jumps to mind is uh, A Christmas Story. For whatever reason, I just I just saw Ralphie and the Lamp right now. So there you go. I, family uh, together I during th- Christmas. I thought about this one pretty hard. I mean, I I, so I made sure to write some down just because I wanted to keep these in mind. But I thought The Incredibles. Uh, yeah. The Royal Tenenbaums, Te- mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's all yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, oh you're about, yeah, that family. Okay, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, The Godfather. Yeah. Killer Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized white people are crazy. I need to get a black family in here. And I was like, well, I can't do I, I can't do any uh, Tyler Perry movie because I don't don't care. To do. But I did think, what? well, I did like The Best Man's Holiday quite a bit. So I throw that in there. And Four Brothers, sure. out now favorite, Four Brothers. Yeah, that's right. Four Brothers, yeah, yeah. Who's the, uh, who's the, the brother in there uh, that's in Tron? Garrett Hedlund. His name? Garrett, yeah, Garrett. Garrett Hedlund. Inside Lewin Davis is uh, Garrett Hedlund. That's his best role. Yeah. He's great in uh, uh, the Ang Lee movie. What is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy yeah, Lynn. Yeah, the, 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 the halftime walk. And Billy Lynch yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, he, I haven't seen. He's that like, yet. like that's the movie where it's like, I'm sorry, you guys threw me into leading man. Let me make up for it by doing these random indie movies. It's like that. He's really good in that right. movie. <laughs> like, no, no, he is really good. I'll check that out, and I'll mm. report back next week. He's better than Billy Lynn, that's for sure. <laughs> but, oh god, he's, like, he's, he? <laughs> he's like a no name guy. Like he's a he's yeah. like an English. He's an English guy, and he's in like one he's other English? movie. English? Yeah, he's English. Of course he is. They're all English these days. All right. <laughs> That was right. another Vin, Vin oh. Diesel movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't Billy Lynn's. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> See, the audience, <laughs> the audience that. didn't show up for that one either, guys. Vin Diesel, what's he doing? Vin Diesel, he needs to be wearing sleeveless shirts and driving a Chevy. That said, Vin Diesel quite good in that movie. Also, there's a lot of good acting in that movie for for, for other. Yeah, it should be called Ang Lee's video experiment rather than trying to make it sound like a movie. But <laughs> c'est la vie. All right. Well, that was enough feedback. Feedback, back, feedback. back. Now we uh, what a, hey, what a, what time is oh, it? Oh, Aaron, I believe it's time for a little game here. That's exactly the song that plays in Tej's uh, uh, tank when he's driving through the uh, the snow. Exactly. Yeah, that's of course the improv theme for games. And guys, I have a game for you this week. 
Awesome. It is called Your Number Eight, Ain't You Great. This sounds hard yeah. already. So what I what I've done here is I've listed a number of taglines that are all from movies that were the eighth part of their franchise. Wow. Oh gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of these are going to be pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you can only think of one other franchise off the top of my head. You'll, 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 be, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how some of these you might get. I, I, Amityville 8. Amityville no, 8. No, no, yeah, I'm thinking of like a lot no, of more No pre-guessing. Right you're you're going to say one because there's only so many movies that have eight movies in the franchise. You're going to say one by accident. So no pre-guessing, okay? <laughs> All right, so so we'll have to name the movie after you tell us the tagline. I'm going to say a tagline then, yeah, yes. Buzz in with your name if you think you know it, and uh, then we'll go from there. Okay, All that right. sounds good. Here's the first one. Family No More. Abe. Abe. Fate of the Furious. The Fate of the Furious. There you go. Right, right off the bat. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> there you go. Okay, here's the next one. It All Ends Here. Brandon. Jose. I heard Brandon. Ooh. Brandon. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Part two. That is correct. Brandon, you're on the board. Uh, For some reason, I wrote comma David Yates, and I have no idea why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you're giving the director some shout out, so there you go. Here's the next one. Resistance is futile. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon? Uh, Star Trek First Contact. That is correct. That was the number eight one? Wow. Wow. Now, for the, I think I know why I did it now, because for that one, I wrote comma Jonathan Frakes. So I feel like if I think you guys weren't going to get it, I'd name what the director was. <laughs> and maybe, the director? And maybe you'd go there from Because cause, <laughs> I'll say this. I immediately apparently gave up on that, because I don't have that for any other movie in this thing. <laughs> Probably because you started finding out that the directors are like people we wouldn't recognize anyway. Well, because I know like Brandon will be the only one that gets some of these. So it probably would just, work. It would just yeah. tilt it in his scale. By the way, I wrote this game like four days ago. That's why I'm like re- not remembering why I wrote certain things. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Get more. That's it? <laughs> well, th- think about the word I'm using. Get more. Get more. And think about franchises. Um... Uh, I know Brandon knows what he's ta- what I'm talking about. I think he has to narrow things down. <laughs> Brandon, yeah, is it Live and Let Die? It is Live and Let Die. Yes, the first Roger Bo- Moore. Oh, Bond there you go. Get more. There you go. Yeah. Here's the next one. Only the strong will survive. That's so generic. <laughs> yeah, it's only the strong will survive. Hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna say a name. Actually, I could just read from. No, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go from the bottom of the cast list. It'll start reading up. Okay. There you right. go. Here we go. Hold on. Only the strong will survive. Huh? Start reading names. Some of these are gonna sound really okay. Lana Condor. Obviously, you have it. <laughs> uh, Got it. Alexandra Ship. Ben Hardy. Cody Smith McPhee. Mm, oh, Brandon. Yeah. Dawn of the Planet of the Incorrect. Apes. Ah. Uh, oh, that, oh here we go. Hard. Here's the next one. Lucas Till. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Time out, right? Yeah, I you're out. You're me. out. It's up to Aber Jose. Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Sophie Turner. Guys, come on. Come on. Josh Hellman. What else? Evan Peters, Rose Byrne. Oh, Austin. Jose. Oh, which one is it? Okay. 
Uh, well, stop before the giveaway. <laughs> um, is that is that first class? Incorrect. First class? No. Next name. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Oh, Abe. oh, there you go. Abe. <laughs> X Men colon Apocalypse. X Men Apocalypse is the correct answer. <laughs> Get more. What a dumb. No, oh, no, it was only. Ty Sharon is the other kid. Is, it uh, wasn't Get More. It was only the strong will survive. Yeah, this is only the well, strong will survive. Oh. Ty Sharon is he Cyclops? Is he baby Cyclops? He's baby Cyclops. One? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's pouty Cyclops. I was thinking of a cool. different kid. All right. Which goddamn you, Cody Schmidt McPhee? Yep, that's yes, a good I guess know. though. I didn't think about. Uh, I didn't think about yeah. apes. <laughs> Here's the next one. Next. Taking the world by frog. Um. Um. Oh. Jose. Jose. The Great Muppet Caper. You think that's the eighth Muppet movie? No, I don't know which one it is. It's that's the only one I could think. Incorrect. Of. <laughs> I to match it to the to the tagline. That's like the third, the second or third Muppet movie. <laughs> uh, um, taking the world by frog. Yes. Hmm. There's another tagline third. that I could also. Re- yeah. What are you saying? Oh, that was just gonna okay. say third fact wrong okay. biography. Also, not a Muppet guy. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other tagline is two frogs, one pig, epic mayhem. Oh, Abe. Abe. Um, the Muppet movie Muppets Most Wanted. Muppets Most Wanted is the correct answer. Okay. Muppets Most Wanted. Here's the next one, which I think will go quickly. The Big Apples in Big Trouble. Brandon. Brandon. Friday the Thirteenth Party. Yeah. Jason <laughs> takes Manhattan. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> is that the one that was in 3D? No, that's no, that's, that's Friday the Thirteenth. 3D. 3D. <laughs> it's just called 3D. <laughs> <laughs> just called 3D. It is just like uh, just like Jaws 3D. They didn't have any. Yeah. They don't need any subtitles back then. <laughs> <laughs> like just part two. Part two is just part two, right? Yep. Yeah. Friday the 13th part two, and then it was Friday the 13th the final chapter. Yeah. And then they went back to n- numbering. Yeah. And then they dropped. Uh, it, yeah, it's they just. Yeah. Here's the next one. Evil finds its way home. Uh, Abe. Abe. Halloween H2O. You're surprisingly close, but you're incorrect. Brandon, ah! Brandon, Brandon, Halloween Resurrection. That's correct. Dang it! I was surprised. I mean, the H two O seven. H two O seven, but also they didn't yeah. go home. <laughs> that's that's the other problem with no, that. No, because I thought it was like the whole entire like Lori, like you know, uh, what's her? Yeah, Lori. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lori Strode. But, she, e- but evil, yeah. evil found its way to California. Yeah. in that one. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't go home. <laughs> it went to Lori, which is she's not at home in that yeah. movie. Uh, dang it! <laughs> but it was it was a valiant effort. Here's, <laughs> Thank you. Here's the next one. It's two more. Funny has a color all its own. This is a tricky one. Yeah. Funny has a color all its own. <laughs> if you can think of a franchise involving a color, that would really help you right now. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you might have an idea of what the franchise is. I know what franchise it is. I just don't know the... You could... Talk it out. I believe it's the Brandon Curse of the Pink Panther. You were close, but it's not that one. Oh, I don't know the names of any of those other than the Pink Panther. Yeah, so. I'm just going to say it because Abe's not going to get it. It's the son <laughs> of the Pink Panther with Roberto, I was oh, with Roberto Benigni. <laughs> Roberto Benigni. 
Here's the last one, guys. <laughs> Even a killer has something to fear. Um, um, I'm going to read the other tagline because I find it hilarious. The slicer, the dicer, and this time they're not any nicer. Uh, Brandon? Brandon? Uh, are, are you... Is this Freddy versus Jason? It is Freddy versus Jason, yes. Ah, I was going to guess that. Oh, that's that's a good, it's a bit of a technicality because it's the eighth That would be the eighth Nightmare Elm Street. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's that falls in the Nightmare Elm Street camp? It's the, yes, the, yeah. it's the eighth Freddy movie, technically. <laughs> that was a good game. I liked it. Let me add up the scores here because it's actually pretty close. I think that uh, Brandon won. It's still, it's still Brandon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, you won this game. Yep. Congratulations, Brandon. Oh, Brandon. It's two in a row. Hey, wow. you know what they say? Only the strong will survive. Uh, moving on, let's um, get to uh, <laughs> let's get to out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and I got quite a. This is Evil Comes Home, e- right? Evil Comes Home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got uh, quite a few here, actually. Uh, one uh, Abe just talked about Split. Is it right? <laughs> Have not seen it. Uh, we'll probably check it out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, The Founder with uh, Michael Keaton. Heard that it was good. Heard good things, yeah. It's it's fine. I I, I enjoyed it well enough. It's good for a rental. I'll say that. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Sleepless. This was with Jamie Foxx. That's uh, the remake of the French film the that we liked. Yeah, the remake of Sleepless yeah. Night, which is a much better movie. I assume. I haven't uh, actually seen Sleepless. So, that's what I've heard. I'll just, yeah, I'll just say that, that Sleepless Night is a really good action movie oh, that should be seen. It is. Yeah. That movie's yeah. really good, yeah. Uh, next up, why did I write this down? Ocean Waves. What is this? Uh, that sounds like an actual film. Oh no, it's thing the, in the it's, biological it's a, world. It's a Ghibli movie. It's a Studio Ghibli film. Oh okay, all right. <laughs> Way off, Abe. Shut up. But <laughs> <laughs> take that biology. No, it's a, it's a Studio Ghibli film that's found its way to a Blu-ray release. So there you go. Uh, next up, Teen Titans: colon, The Judas Contract. I haven't seen any of those ever. This is one of the the DC uh, animated universe movies. Uh, Brent? That sounds like Robin turns evil, which is something that happened in the cartoons. Well, there you go. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up from Shout from Scream Factory, Tales from the Hood. Yeah, I I still have fond memories of watching that in the summertime. Brandon, sadly, still socially relevant in many aspects. It yeah, especially the uh, the governor one. Uh, next up, Donnie Darko Remastered Edition. There's a new like I like Donnie Darko. There's a new 4K transfer of it, which has been now put onto a Blu-ray and I believe a. Can't wait to hear you and or read you and Brandon's review of it. I won't be reviewing it, but I am a fan of Darnie. I appreciate, I appreciate that you would want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of Darnie Arco. I'll say that. So yeah, there you go. I enjoyed it quite a bit. On a Criterion this week, we have Women of the Year and Buena Vista Social Club. Uh, so yeah, for the all you uh, Women of the Year sounds familiar, but could be wrong. I believe that's a. Anyway. Uh, I believe it's an album. No, I'm thinking, thinking 20th century. No, it's, it's a no, it's a screwball comedy. It's a Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn joint. That's what it is. Um, back from the 40s, and then Buena Vista Social Club. That's a Wim Wenders film. Um, all right, and lastly, we have A League of Their Own 25th anniversary Blu-ray release. Don't forget the high pitches. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> it's uh, my girlfriend's favorite movie because of the peeing oh, scene. Oh, nice. Because of the peeing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because of that. That's like the that, only reason he likes I, it. I like to think that some people collect Tom Hanks movies and organize it by the scenes he's peed in. He's peed in quite a few. He's peed in like, he Does he pee in, does, does he pee in a, 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 I was going to say Revolutionary Road, but uh, Road to Perdition? Yeah, he does pee in Road to Perdition. So. No, that, that, I think there's a scene like early on when he's like going to meet the guy that's going to like. 
I think there's a scene like early on when he's being. <laughs> We have to do some due diligence. Yeah, do some research, guys. We're all watching Road to Perdition this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's peed in like nine movies, though. I think there's like specific peeing scenes of Tom Hanks where he's peeing a lot. I can think of like three, but yeah. I mean, there could be movies where he's swimming and we just don't know. I, I, well, I, well, I count those. I, count. I count those automatically. Any movie where he's swimming, he's peeing. I guess that's, yeah. that's what I say. <laughs> he's definitely doing it in the. Uh... Uh, what you want to call it? Uh, Green Mile. Green Mile. Uh, well, yeah, he's a whole. There's a whole subplot about him paying the Green Mile. He talks about it. Yeah, he kind of talks about it in Forrest Gump, and then. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Find out. I'm sure that somebody's written an article about it somewhere. Oh, I definitely did. There has been. This is the internet. <laughs> that's it's uh, on Buzzfeed. I'm sure. That's our extended talk on Tom Eek's peeing in movies. Now let's move on from <laughs> Out Now. Perspectives Out Now. Let's go on to extremely cool. There's things that are now on uh, Netflix that we could recommend in some way. And uh, Brandon, you already mentioned one, which is the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, um, which is available on Netflix now. Also out, Sandy Wexler, the latest in Adam Sandler-produced <laughs> Netflix comedies. I will say this, despite the fact that I'll probably not get around to watching it, I've heard good things about this one. Not, Same here. Not, actually, not the best things. Kind of surprises me. Not the best things, but I've heard that it's the, it's the best of these and it's, right. it's he's got like six more right or he's got yeah, he just up four more coming he just right? up the contract yeah so he's got like four more because people watch yeah. people do watch them i mean they're, they're doing their thing there's some of netflix uh best rated original content too yeah <laughs> thumbs wow. up <laughs> I, i'm not saying i'm I, i'm not rating them high but they they've said their numbers for them are like that's certain, yeah that's yeah. like another thing we have to get into Aaron. like how do people feel about this thumbs up thumbs down thing instead of the star i think it's a terrible thing but, you know i think it's bad too i like my stars yep because, I mean, people misinterpret Rotten Tomatoes crazily. Now they're going to be floating over to Netflix with the same thing. Yeah. But, no, I have heard – what I've heard specifically is that it's not it, – it relies on two things. One, Adam Sandler playing a character and not just playing, like, suburban guy with a good life who gets complaining about things. And it's also just, <laughs> like, super – it's not mean-spirited in the way that a lot of his films have been recently because it's about this guy who – I guess just is like a hanger-on around Hollywood stars who's kind of like – helped in the 90s get a lot of people business or whatnot um mm. so there's like a lot of there's like a lot of cameos from a lot of people which i think is already what makes me think it's going to be tolerable because well, it's kind of like a documentary now kind of thing it's like yeah it's like well not a documentary now but it's like a it's yeah, like a yeah. mockumentary like that's i think the right. idea like the conceit of it uh the only my the main issue i have right now with it is that it's 130 minutes long <laughs> like, that is really oh, long yeah that's that's, that's quite a long that's time. That's 40 minutes longer than any Adam Sandler comedy should be. That's what that is. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, oh, credit sequences. Like, still, that's a long movie, even with, if you take those out. Yeah. Now you can, I guess they're like, hey, well, you know, people are at home. They can pause. I guess. But, like, the, ridic the, the Ridiculous Six was two hours, and it was a chore. It was. That's like giving a Marvel show 13 episodes. Oh. <laughs> my my brother and I watched The Ridiculous Six. There's one moment in that movie that I think is hilarious, and other than that, that movie's it's, it's a waste of time. Yeah, the, the first like <laughs> the first ten minutes, I'm like, oh, this actually might be pretty good, and then I was like, oh boy, with Liam Neeson. This uh, he's not in it. You're thinking of <laughs> Billion that's, Ways that's, to that's Die in the West. The West. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> my bad. Anyway, uh, yeah. all right, that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week, I don't know. Yeah, we're not really we're not sure, sure yet. yet. Yeah. I know what... there's there's not a there's not a lot of great things coming well, out. There's not a lot of big things like because I really want to see Free Fire. I really want to see Free Fire a lot. Yeah, Free Fire. I don't know that's playing near me. Yeah, yeah but I, yeah, I'm not sure how wide the theater's going to spread on that one. 
Uh, so I don't know how you know what kind of discussion we can get into it. I know I'll be covering right. the Newport Beach Film Festival, so I'll have things to say about that, of course. And Anna will probably be on the show too to kind of oh, add some add some stuff in there on the film festival itself too. But yeah, I, I think uh, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see what we come up with. We'll for find out. Episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that last thing we do here. What should people see now, and what do you plan to see next, Brandon Peters? What should people see in theaters right now? Uh, Fate of the Furious. I <laughs> I think it's. You know, the movie of the month. I mean, last month was stacked with movies, and now we just got one that everybody's kind of afraid of. And I think it, it get your money worth, money's worth. Uh, next movie I'll see, um, probably Guardians of the Galaxy. Heard of it. For okay. sure. A de- a definite. I'd, I'd like to see Free Fire um, that's playing near me, and if I have the time to go get to it. But uh, Guardians is the next, like, oh, I'm definitely not missing that. Awesome. Jose? Yeah, I say go watch uh, Function 8 of the Furious. <laughs> and uh, next thing I'm going to see, uh, probably not in theaters, but I believe uh, The Handmaiden just hit Amazon. Yeah, it's on streaming. And I've heard yeah, I've heard so much about that that I am I'm just like really excited to check that out on the small screen. Nice. Abe? Yeah. I definitely recommend watching Your Name, the, the anime that we talked about last week, uh, if you can find that. Uh, and then next... I think I'm going to try and find Free Fire. I was just looking it up right now. It looks like it's playing in maybe a couple of theaters nearby. Yeah, if I have time, I definitely want to go try to see Free Fire. I know uh, I might be able to see um, a movie called Their Finest this week, um, which I've heard a lot of good things about. It's, uh, I think I mentioned it last week on last week's show, too. It's about, it's it surrounds... That's like that, that British thing? Yeah, it's a British kind of comedy drama surrounding the events of Dunkirk. Like, about, I got yeah. you. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good people in that, so I think Anna and I might be able to see that one at some point this week. Um, as far as what to see, yeah, I mean... Uh, obviously yes function eight of the furious i i'm happy with as far as like it's big and dumb and fun even if i have some gripes with it but if you can find the lost city of z which should be expanding throughout the month i'd certainly recommend that one I, the more i think about it, the more i really like that movie and uh, colossal right. uh, colossal spread wider this week too which is also just really good so that's a that's one to one to look out for as well two movies with kaijus all involving uh, charlie hunnam <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 and then he finds Excalibur, right? Yeah, he's finding Excalibur right. next month, guys. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> to be fair, he gets to be British in that movie, so I'm kind of look, I'm hoping his performance works well in that one. So we'll, we'll see. But, uh... Yeah, I I was actually just watching a trailer today, and I was like, I don't know if I hear a British accent in his uh, in his voice, but we'll see. He's King Arthur, he's got to be British. <laughs> I know he's got to be right. Everyone else, King of the Britons. What's also cool is like, oh, Jude Law. I haven't heard his British accent in a really long time. Yeah, all right. Well, that out of the way, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now, Theron, and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there, as well as on wisetheblue.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm on Instagram, at Oakley Doakley, and Twitter.com, slash Moose. hashtag Han and Giselle forever, like number, number four, EVA. Thanks for explaining hashtags. Jose Cordova, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, catch me occasionally at the Young Folks doing some video game reviews at fanboynation.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jose Cordova, which is just my name. Brandon Peters, where can people find more of your work online? You can find my written drivel above and below Aaron's posts on whysoblue.com. <laughs> and um, please listen to my podcast called Cinema Cavalcade, that um, you can find on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. Uh, our next episode, we don't have one this week, but it will be uh, The Creature Walks Among Us, the third universal feature featuring the creature from the Black Lagoon. Thanks. And 
Personally, on Twitter, BT Peters. That's the third one. That's where he's like around. Yeah, he's walking among us. That's that's a. He's walking. Among, he like wears a shirt, yeah. and he's yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to have that lagoon, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Moving on up. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, Brandon, Jose, thanks for joining us this week to talk Functionate of the Furious. Hey, yes. Yeah. Thank you. I love talking sure. And yeah, we're uh. We got a commentary coming, so that should be a lot of fun. But yeah, Nick, we'll uh, figure out next week's show. But until that time, that's good for until then. So long and goodbye, goodbye. I'm with the gang, 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 and we about to go up. Twisting lanes, it's a thing every time we show up. You a lame, 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 and you so below us. Bet your hoe she know us, cause you know we glowed up. We stay those jokes more earnestly so i can buy into it more be... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the feet cuts out <laughs> let's go <laughs> move us off from this bit that's what you're saying right now <laughs> i would have stuck with it but we're really like 20 minutes behind behind we're never behind we're all we're fine behind this is the warm-up period <laughs> you always you always yeah. account for that this is this is this is pete holmes before rachel ray comes on <laughs> <laughs> Some people get that. All right. We're good. That's good. The scary uncle's gone, guys. Okay, let's move into it. All right.